welcome to the Sports Carnage Podcast, presented by Detroit Sports Nation, featuring Paul Roshan, D. Dylan Bear, Ryan Griffin, and Matthew Basson, bringing the most arrogant takes on the planet straight to your ears. We don't promise to always be right, but we promise to act like we are. Uh, what's happening, web fans? Matt Basson along with Paul Roshan, Brian Griffin, and, and insane Dylan Bear right now. Wait, is uh, this our last. normal crew? This Best is a normal crew with one insane person right now. Uh, Willie Taggart. It's, uh, it's a rough day for the Sports Carnage crew as our football teams oh, are d- sitting down in the cellar Speak of the for NFC yourself. North. What are you? Are you oh, not a Lions yeah, fan all team. of a sudden? Never mind. Oh, hey, talking about your Wolverines. Calm your I forgot, tits. I forgot about that. NFL. We are not My paying bad. any attention to the college world in general right now. We're so talking professional. After, after Sunday, I just thought we were going to not do that NFL thing anymore. Oh no! It's we we are wallowing in our misery as Lions and Bears fans because oh, our Lions can't even beat the hapless Oakland Raiders. And hapless. We gave them and, praises yeah, like three half assed hapless. <laughs> and hapless your Bears have a hard time. They they kind of look like the Michigan State Spartans on offense right now for football. Uh, that reminds me of a meme I posted. Um, they did anyone ever you know, share that? Very good defense you got there, Dylan. But they're on the field way too much, and they're getting hurt they're in the long run for it. So yes. <laughs> It's, it's a rough day for us in the sports country. Dylan, you've heard some new information regarding your quarterback that you can't wait to tell us. I don't want to lead off with this. I don't want to lead off with this. We're starting we rip the band-aid. We ripped the band-aid off, Dylan, to move forward. Uh, okay, so just to add to the misery, this dumb mother that is Mitchell dumbass mother blupper Trubisky. He decided, you know what? You know how I'm going to improve myself? I'm not going to do like Lamar Jackson, where I'm going to yeah. take everything that my critics are saying, I'm going to take it in stride, and I'm going to try to be my best self. This stupid, mouth-breathing, giant-ass forehead caveman motherfucker that is ruined one of the best defenses in the NFL, his great idea, brilliant idea, I'll be honest, this is what a team leader does, guys. He wanted everything in Hallis Hall. All televisions turned off because he couldn't handle the criticism for his team. Exact quotes. What the ass did I do to deserve this? Alright, so without understanding the context at all, I don't understand the big deal. This dude doesn't want to hear the criticism anymore, so he wants to turn TVs off. Are athletes to not pay attention to the noise all the time? Don't we want our athletes to not listen to the radio, not watch TV, not read articles, and just focus on their job? Isn't that the, what we want? No. He's like the antithesis of Baker Mayfield with the same <laughs> amount of skill. But I'm with I'm with Paul on this, so it was supposed to be on Whose Man's Later, but Dylan unearthed it early. Uh, essentially, if Mitch if Mitch Trubisky is reading the room and saying, "Hey, there are these guys that are paying attention to it, even if it's himself, but other guys on the team," then you would expect a team leader to say, "All right, shut that shit off." So there's a lot of things you could be mad about Trubisky for, but this I don't think is one of them. Yeah, 
I don't know if it's just you're already outraged and hate the way your offense has been going and hate how Trubisky is just average as be- at best uh, so far compared average. to the guys who were also taken in the draft class and have been brought up every single time anyone brings up Mr. Trubisky. Uh, but I would think I'd want my leader to say, yeah, ignore the noise. Let's focus on us and get the here's, job done. Here's the Y'all are just really excluding certain amounts of context right now because, in fairness, in principle, I do, I guess I agree with you guys. However, I'm in a different scenario than y'all because, unlike what we were talking about with Stafford, where when I was talking about Stafford, is that Stafford shouldn't talk, he should just be a leader. Mitchell Trubisky isn't even an NFL player. He is he is a sub he is a subway operator that got lost. He went into shed aquarium, walked out, then he went to the field museum, said that dinosaur is awesome as fuck. And then he went in to Soldier Field and said, This football field's really nice. And no, no one told not. him to leave. <laughs> that is not what he would say <laughs> if he walked exactly. into the field. That field That's is my terrible. point. But okay, That's but he's my the quarterback. They're gonna put a microphone in his face. He's the quarterback. But he, he but is the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. They're going to put a microphone in front of his face. What is he supposed to say? Guys, I suck so bad, I shouldn't even talk to you. Yes. And walk away? I want, you want what to do I that? want him to do is... <laughs> that would be I, original. What I want him to do is immolate himself, just like the cover of Rage Against the Machine's first album. Set yourself on fire in the middle of Lakeshore Jesus. Drive, and hopefully a wow, car hits you. Wow, you wish death so upon this man. I very much want Chase Daniel to be forced into the starting spot Matt Matt Nagy I don't like okay I said it before and Ryan kept making fun of me but notice I ain't said shit since I said that Matt Nagy was was an absolute offense well why don't you listen instead of talking about it so well because now you're finally making the admission (laughs) because and the reason is because Matt Nagy I said was an offensive genius this mother blubber who decides that while bald, I'm gonna wear visors. Great move, you little dipshit. But on top what? of that, you, you, we're well, not gonna you're not allowed to wear visors di- if you're bald. Not when you suck ass. Anyways, <laughs> so not only is it that we have David Part Montgomery right at <laughs> the on the draft, y'all know how excited I was about David Montgomery. You know how hype I was about this guy. I knew he was gonna be awesome, and he has been when he's gotten the goddamn ball. How is that Mitch's fault? I didn't say it was Mitch's fault. I transitioned. Keep up, but <laughs> anyways. What? So hold on. Not Somebody is it. What? I'm the one mistake in here. So not only is the offensive genius Matt Nagy, who I've said name drop twice now, keep up, guys, that David Montgomery's not getting the touches he deserves. We are employing Mike Davis, who may actually be homeless, just wearing a football uniform because it's all he has in his locker. But not only that. Chase Daniel was able to get this offense 21 points in a quarter. I don't know if we've done that in the last two years in general. He got us that in London against Oakland. A competitive game. We lost it, but I'll be damned if Chase Daniel is not the best quarterback for the job right now. So then why and Nagy, after because Matt Nagy is a, a farce, a lie, a guy that I trusted Wait, but wouldn't and was you think a false that Chase prophet. Is continuously- outperforming Mitch in practice and showing the whole team that he's the starter? I don't think it, that's why. I think there's too much pride in that organization to admit that they fucked up. Too much pride to win games? No, I mean, to, <laughs> I, I, look, I'm not going to sit here and say that this team would win more. 
I'm just saying the offense would look better at the very least. Chase Daniel proved that he was able to. Allen Robinson is out here balling the hell out for no reason. I would quit if I were him. Just fake an ankle injury or something. Uh, he's trying to get we, to the Pro Bowl. <laughs> apparently. But Chase Daniel, I mean, I watched that game. Chase Daniel had a good grip on the offense. Did he make a bad throw at the end of the game? Yeah, but that's also because he's Chase Daniel. Yeah, but that's but he's the Raiders much better than great defense. But again, the offense at least looked like it was on the game plan with this dumb okay, ass Mitch has gum. gone up against better we defenses than the Raiders since he come back. It doesn't matter to me because I don't want to see him two weeks in a row when he's looked so shitty. He had three straight. I, it was I. It felt like three straight plays where he had two fumbles and a pick. Out you go. I'm going to push you into Lake Michigan and hope you freeze to death. And Chase is going to be our starter. I don't get why he's not. And the why, fact why that he's he not. Just go home? The fact that he's not, that Chase Daniel is not the starter, is a fireable offense. Nagy should be fired because he continues to have Trubisky as the starter. I don't care what your opinion of anything else that has transpired is. There is no justifiable reason Trubisky in the last two weeks should have started. I'm over. Right, but I can't think of a Get professional out. team. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I can't think of a team that has had a backup quarterback continuously outperform the starter, except for the Patriots, who then ship Garoppolo to San Francisco. But besides that, <laughs> besides that, you, I can't what think of a team. <laughs> it's a joke. Relax. What is it's a joke. I can't think of a team that would just be like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, but he's our starter, so he's got to start. Like, no, you're going to put the better quarterback in. So either Chase is just not doing it in practice or they all aren't listening. Not so. doing it and doing it and doing it well. I mean, well, you, Chase, you think this is the only reason he it is the only reason that he is not starting is pride. Anyone who says anything otherwise is being dishonest. It's just a well, pride. What do you mean, you mean it's not true? <laughs> like, I would know better the than you. Ownership of the Chicago Bears? I am eh, I think they would want wins way. over, you know, oops, no, we messed up in the draft. Think, no. Basically the way that this is being treated specifically with one individual that I know that uh, Paul asked me about and I specifically ignored answering, not because I didn't want to answer the question, but I just, you know, for this, uh, Ryan Pace will be damned if he is going to admit that he is wrong. They are going to make sure that this team loses every single game as long as Mitch is starting in the false hope that he is able to fix himself. I don't... He can't. So, so you think he'd rather, like, get fired if they go, like, 5-11? and 11? A pace won't get fired. That that will not happen. Let's make that very clear. That's not who, what I mean. I think it is a mandate from Pace in the front office. Mitch is starting, and I I think Nagy is being too complicit with it. I'd just be like, dude, okay, then you can just fire me because I'm not employing this motherfucker as my number one guy anymore. He is missing wide open throws. He has no concept of spacing or pocket awareness whatsoever. He has regressed worse than any quarterback I have seen since Sanchez with the butt fumble year. And even then, they were more competitive than we are right now. Nine yards in a freaking half. And we are going bad. to stick with this guy. real bad. No what, shit. How, how was your old line? They, they almost made the comeback, though. I don't want to. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm sorry. Are you, are you on the Bears subreddit right now? 
trying to pull this lame-ass positivity. Oh, man, we almost came back. Oh, man, we shouldn't have had half a yard average. Well, shit happens. So I don't know why we're... Yeah, what's up? When When we previewed the NFC North and Dylan was touting his Bears, you, I remember, bringing up one key point, and it was the offensive line. Yeah, I said they aren't good, and Dylan had a heart attack. They actually haven't been nearly as bad as you would think considering Kyle Long is uh, turned into TJ Lang. You know what they've been? Not good. <laughs> Just like I said. Oh man, it's almost like when they actually run the ball and have fucking balance, they look competent. Shut up. They ran oh, nine. Man. They ran nine fucking times. What was the average? Three weeks ago. What do you mean? Like I mean, 2.9 you, you yards. You can't have balance if your quarterback can't throw. But uh, but that's the problem is that all of a sudden you're sitting here trying to tout up. Oh my God, Paul, you were right. Oh man, did Paul also predict that we wouldn't hand the ball off to a fantastic yes, back for half yes, the exact, season? I said I said you refused to use your running backs. Your offensive line sucks, and you're going to finish last in the NFC North. But you are acting like one does not facilitate the other, and I know you're smarter than that to think that it doesn't. I mean, when you get pounced on in the beginning of a game and you're averaging 2.9 yards a rush, you can't expect the coach to be like, maybe we should do more of that. It's also why I think Nagy needs to go, because I don't think he's nearly as intelligent as what we thought. He was a false prophet. I got all, I bought into the hype. Say we again. I, I, I'm speaking on behalf <laughs> he's allowed of, to say we you know, actual Bears fans. Oh, no, that's, Bears not what I, that's not what I meant. I meant, like, it sounded like you were speaking on behalf of the cast. No, no, no. I'm he talking on behalf you know of our... About. I'm talking on behalf of little R forward slash Chicago Bears. Look, really the point is I'm fired up, but like I need to get this off my chest. But when I was thinking on on Sunday with the Lions, and now this will transition so y'all can talk about this, I really do question which situation is worse. Is y'all's worse or is mine? Well, so first I would like to defend Nagy a little bit. He didn't draft Trubisky. You are, uh, are very I, upset about the fact that he continues to roll him out there, but Chase Daniel is not young. We know what Chase Daniel is. And he only played two games this year, and he did not light the world on fire. He was all right against Minnesota. He came in and managed the game. And I will take all right over fuck awful. He made more plays in the Oakland game than Trubisky does, but he also made two really bad interceptions that kept them from winning that game. When they it's almost like game. when a dude is on his first start, he's going to make mistakes. Crazy. Like he didn't get 30 attempts the week before. And like he doesn't like, practice every week. And like he didn't get every first team rep that he's week. Not getting, he's not getting first team reps through, consistently. If he were, those mistakes I, wouldn't be He obviously out. was that week. Oh, so a week. Again, we, he played ninety-one percent right of now? the snaps the, year, the week before. It's not like he didn't. You're play. talking about two, and I've seen weeks. plenty, plenty of backups come in and mop up duty and take care of business and do their job. Don't act like they pulled this man out of the stand. But you're also acting like he also wouldn't be backing also, up the worst quarterback starting in the let's NFL. Be clear, that team that he pretty much cost them the game against Oakland. They don't have an NFL secondary. They kind of suck in the secondary. Like you should. Marcus Joyner is crying. This one guy, and he's a lot better in run defense than he is in pass coverage. So I I don't. It's not like you have Jacoby Brissett backing him up. 
Or even Ryan Tannehill. Like, if Ryan Tannehill was in... Okay, you're also giving... But the problem is, is you're giving scenarios of quarterbacks that are better. Like, it's fine, but it's also... Mitch, dude, you know how bad he is. Which is fine. So I don't but care. I mean, you, you know how bad you Chase Daniels is. You can't Daniels say Chase Daniels should be career. starting over him. Like, I don't agree with that at all. He absolutely Not to mention, would be. He doesn't add like 10 years. the value that Mitch adds with his legs, which I know for whatever reason oh my this God. year he hasn't done because Nagy Stop decided it. that... We're not going to do that. This but... dude is not Josh Allen, okay? I don't want him running, ever. The no, only no, person who should be running, be running the he's ball. He's not. No. Nagy doesn't want him running either. That's why he has, like, freaking seven attempts Nagy, or whatever on the Nagy season, doesn't but... want him running plays. That's why he took a knee with 43 <laughs> seconds left. <laughs> I mean, dude, he was, come he was on. Just trying to give the, his more, the more your offense is on the field... Also, you have it also much worse was the fact that we sat at the deadline and there were... A lot of quarterbacks we could have Anyway, you, you ask which situation's worse, and I know you yes. disagree, but the answer is super easy. Um, the Bears situation is world's worst, and it's for a myriad of reasons, but it comes down to the basic team building in the NFL. For starters, it's a million times easier talent-wise to build a defense than it is to build a cohesive offense. That's just how the NFL is. You can literally go out and buy a defense if you want to. You can't do that with an offense. Whether How's that going for you right now? Play or, well, we didn't do that. And we have an incompetent GM, but I, I that mean, gets, well, that's why our situation work. is much more fixable. So, what do we have? We have the one thing Bears quarterbacks don't, Bears fans don't know anything about, and that's a quarterback. We have a really, really good, I'll legitimate top five NFL quarterback, and when you have that piece, even if you're starting from the bottom, a competent GM in a couple years can build it up. The thing is, we're not starting completely from the bottom. We're close. But we have a few other pieces, and we also have assets that if we had an intelligent GM, which of course we don't, we could flip into more pieces. The problem is the Lions have a propensity to let things go too far to where they're not fixable anymore and then completely have to blow it up. you got to fire Bob Quinn. you got to bring in a new GM. New GM's going to bring in a new coaching staff. you got to start all over. But you have the quarterback in place, and you have some other pieces that you can build around. The problem in Chicago is a multitude of things. I don't know how you feel about Pace. I assume you don't like him. But say Chicago I, decided... I think that he is the probably the most jackal and high GM I've ever seen. Okay. Like, he, he makes brilliant... Like, his draft, if you look at his actual drafts, have been fantastic, except for a singular pick. If it weren't for no, the Trumps no, thing, he's, he'd be, made, he's done some questionable things. He took. He's that been tight batting end about sixty percent. He took that. Tight he's been batting about sixty percent. He's okay. Blind Derbu, um, and he hasn't been much of anything. But I, I would still probably take Ryan. Well, actually, not probably. I would take Ryan Pace over Bob Quinn. So okay, so if you think Rob Pace can stand the job, that's fine. But I know you don't like Nagy, so you, you combine the their names. Staff. But did I really? <laughs> Ryan Pace. I said Ryan Pace, right? No, you said Rob Pace the, se- the second time. <laughs> you oh, did. my bad. You did. It's okay. Rob Pace. We're, we're all right. <laughs> the problem is you don't have the assets. You have a lot of cap tied up into players that you don't want cap tied into. You that actually a- is something I disagree with because I got a hot take that the Bears should try to trade Mac. Okay, that helps a little bit, but you still have to eat part of it because there's a lot of guaranteed money. That's fine. Look, look, we took a risk that made no sense. That's fine. Let's just get let's just get back the draft capital. So it's I'm okay fine. taking, a, right taking now, like a second and a third. I agree let's with go. you, trade Mac. But right now, your defense no is a good top ten defense, but they're still not a top five defense. Um, they're not quite there. 
So they're good, but well, they're also they're on the field quite a bit. Guys. They're not getting breaks. Their they're offense the is going field. three and out. They have no support, and in, and in, in Paul is acting like uh, I mean they're okay. Like, dude, I didn't what say would you okay. expect I said from they're them? Very good. I said the same no, thing they I said are, at the beginning of the year, which they I mean, are I know a top hang on. To defense. It, but I was dead right on every single thing about the Chicago team. You were not because every the defense thing. is better this year. The defense is no. oh no. Someone stop it. The, the, the Bears defense, defense I mean, it's not better than it was last that's year. That's what he just said. That's what he's defense. saying. But I also would argue that it's still no. a top five defense. They're just on the field too damn much. Their also offense like goes three and out defense. all the time. But regardless, it's semantics. They have a very good defense, but they're not going to win every freaking game for you. You still need an offense. The problem is, how are you getting an offense? You need it, almost an entire offensive line and we a quarterback. And need. a quarterback. You have the hardest things to get is offensive linemen and a quarterback. You hey, don't the have, New York Giants say what? You don't have the draft picks to acquire these things. Giants still don't and have an offensive line. those are things line. that you cannot just go no, out and No, they traded buy. for one, though. So you have to continue to draft quarterbacks until you hit on one and hope that you finally do because you can't just go buy a quarterback and no one's going to trade you a quarterback. Or, yeah, but and you still have to build an offensive line. You look at the resume between Trubisky <laughs> and Deshaun Watson coming into the draft. Like, Can we- do we not? You, I mean, you got to shake not. your head a little bit and go, wait, the guy played a season, went eight and five. The other guy played three seasons and went one national championship. Draft is all about projection. And also, to be fair, I like. I'm saying, what did you see in one season of eight and oh five that told no, you this is the guy? It's not. <laughs> but that's the thing is, you're doing it in hindsight. The problem is, and I'm not no, justifying I mean, I, it I in the sense that laughed sensible. at it when it I, happened, just for the record. It's the reason why it happened is because, I mean, everybody who actually follows the draft process knows GMs lock into dudes and they do not we falter not unless. That? Please, Scott. Because we don't have a There's GM. Nothing more could have, could have locked into I know, but, but I'm just saying, like, I'm saying, but the, the again, pace in total has been very good drafting outside of two dudes, Kevin White and Trubisky. Two. That's Big it. Yeah, yeah. One's really important, solid. though, and the other's Kevin White. Well, yeah, I'm aware. Well, I mean, I, like, if so if actually, you're going to pick Pace as a GM over Bob Quinn, then I think you still have to say that the Bears are in a better situation. I think the coaches are probably about equal. I don't like either Patricia or Nagy, but Chicago is a more desirable job than the Lions are. And as far mm-hmm. as like the Lions having the quarterback in place – I'd probably side with the Lions if Stafford wasn't so old and you still didn't have so Stafford's much of your got cap tied up to until 34. You don't know that. His wife is a what brain tumor or something. Um, and I don't know that Stafford wants to play that long with his his twins there. What is he at? Three, four kids now? Something crazy. Uh, regardless, n- not to get too much into the man's personal life. Stopping Tom Brady. I don't think <laughs> I don't think Stafford's going to play until he's 40 years old. And – by the time his contract is up, he's going to be 35. And if you do re-sign him, he'll still probably be pretty good. He'll definitely be on the, the down end of his career. But if you sign him, even if you sign him for two years, you're probably looking at giving him like $25 million uh, a season through there. So that's still a whole lot of your cap that you have tied up in him. So if you're going to give me a better GM and you're going to give me – right now you have a better defense and you do have some guys that – are of course good, but you also have some pieces that you can trade off, uh, like Khalil Mack, um, like a guy 
like Eddie Jackson too. I don't know if you end up re-signing him or if you no, throw him no. off. Uh, no, he is untradeable. Ro- Roquan the chef as Untrade. well. Untrade. So you have pieces there that you really like, and the Lions have some pieces I like. I'm a big fan of Kenny Galladay, but that's pretty much it. But you have a better job, and to me, you have a better NFL location in Chicago where more guys will want to play. So I'd still see, hey. see, say that the Bears are in a better position moving forward, even, of course, if the Lions finish oh. higher, uh, even in the just ne- this year and like next year. Is that year. really even a For question in this? I think the Bears are better. I actually think it is because uh, I can answer my own question and say I actually legitimately think that your situation is better. How? We have so I, many more I pieces. I mean, if you want I mean, if you know, if you want to hear why, I can we tell have you. So why. many more pieces to fill. No, we we just want the answer and move on. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason why I I mean, obviously, like from my vantage point in the, just the pits of despair where the Blackhawks, Bulls. And the Bears. All my bees just suck so bad. The White Sox are all I have. And and the the reason why I think per- personally why the Bears situation is worse is because of egos, which was what I've been mentioning. I don't think Ryan Pace is going to admit and move on. I don't think he's a bad personnel guy, but I also think that he has been told he is smart too much. And he is not going to move off of Trubs as fast as it should. I also don't think that he's going to do the same thing for Khalil Mack. It was a mistake. Especially with Roquan Smith dropping where we where he did. We have Leonard Floyd and Roquan Smith. Why the hell do I need Khalil Mack? Really. I'm being for real. So we have this chip, this piece, that we don't legitimately do not need. He is not... He, I would argue he's not even in the top four of the most important players on that defense. And we're not going to get rid of him to get anything back for what we did. Because in fairness, Oakland did fleece us. Good on them. They actually fleeced us. I didn't, couldn't believe I, I was going to say that. But they did. You guys, however, have, I would argue, the going to be, again, I can't even believe this is going to happen in the same century. You're going to have arguably one of the best receivers in the entire NFL. My God, is Galladay good? On You're top of that, we're, we're overrating Galladay a little bit for sure. I, I see. I, th- I you hate think him. I love Galladay. I absolutely apparently love not. Galladay, but I to say he's even a top ten receiver is a okay. stretch. I think that he his career trajectory could be very similar to Allen's. I mean, if he learns how to, but run on out, top sure, of, but but on top, well, you don't of you don't have to give him a backhand compliment like that. Able to do that. <laughs> but on top of that. You have the infrastructure in place. You have much more wiggle room. It all boils down to one thing, and I know Paul's not going to like it, but it's true. You need to trade Stafford to the Cowboys. You do that, your future is going about to, to sign blossom. Dak for fucking $38 million, though. I don't know about that. All right, as, as, when it comes to comparing who is the better situation, I have a question for all three of you. If I put Stafford on the Bears to start this season, where are the Bears right now? I have a question, Matt. Did you listen to anything I said? Did you? Okay, you clearly did not check Discord where I said that my shit cut out. Don't oh. throw to me. I can't oh. hear anything, and I was spending time trying to fix it. Oh, and see, I, I that I makes back. sense, because <laughs> I haven't really addressed all of this. No, so to reiterate for any you, of Matt, this. they win the Super Bowl with him, maybe. I mean, the okay, offensive line so that is so answers shaky. my question. The Bears right. are no, the better doesn't. situation. No, it doesn't. They're one guy me, away. Give me a quarterback, me, a stop, real quarterback. Let me, add, let me add what you completely missed when you shit cut out. To get to where the Bears are is way easier than to get to where the Lions are. 
See, you can't just add Stafford to the Bears. That's not how the NFL works. No one is trading a Stafford-caliber quarterback, and it's really hard to draft one, as we've seen, not to mention, even if it wasn't, they don't have any first-round picks to do so with. How are they moving up into the early first round to get their quarterback? Oh, I'm not saying so it's capable. You can get what the, the, Bears you can get the red have, rifle for a fourth-round Stafford. What I'm the Bears saying which situation is better. What the Bears have is a defense. You can go out and buy a defense. In one offseason, we can go buy the Bears' defense. Teams have shown over and over again you can buy you a defense. You already bought a defense. Have, have the Lions? Trash, what you can't buy, you can't buy an offensive line. You can't buy a quarterback. And our offensive line, as much as they upset me, is still better than the Bears. Matt Stafford is worlds better than anything the Bears can acquire in the near next freaking three to five years. Um. See, you're not going to be saying that when Cam Newton gets back to his MVP form. He plays hey, all of eight hey, games hey. for you and then gets hurt. I'll take it. <laughs> my, my point is, the Bears don't really have yeah, anything that's hard to get to. <laughs> like, there's nothing about the Bears that you're like, wow, in three years we couldn't become the Bears. I'll be honest. The only thing that they absolutely nailed is the front seven, no matter what, is just going to be just awesome. They're really good, like, but the front what? seven doesn't make a team. But again, Spartans have you're that. saying that... But but you're also saying it's super easy to get guys. I will say, Roquan Smiths don't dr- don't just fall easy. off of trees. First of all, he fell in your lap, so you. I didn't say that. Oh, no, like I'm, I'm say, what I'm what like I'm Ed saying. Oliver fell in our I'm still angry. I'm still well, angry that Ro- how did Roquan fall to the Bears? I don't understand. Jalen almost did. I was so <laughs> mad. I was like, "What is happening? How are I, you I, not I, drafting this man?" Right, but if if anything, if it makes you feel better, then we decided to give away two first round you know picks what? for his exact copy. As this year emphasized, had Roquan fell to us at eight, we would have passed on him. Uh, sure. Yeah, we passed on Ed Oliver. It's so upsetting. We passed on Devin Bush. Uh, we passed compare, on everybody. Okay, Devin Bush is the one I'll accept. But like, one, you know, the worst part too is I think Roquan's going to wind up in like possibly even as much as by next year. Roquan's going to be better than Khalil Mack. I'm like okay, it's that, that, so that annoying. Might be a little bit much. No, dude, I'm telling you, Khalil. Khalil is not the. G- I don't, man. I don't want him here. <laughs> this is a com- don't. This is a complete Dylan 360 here. from this time it last is, year. It's definitely a 360. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, well, at least well, last I have- year they were winning. So <laughs> oh stop. <laughs> it, look, I have the so propensity. <laughs> uh, if there's anything that it people can say. About this cast, if there's one positive, I will stand by for myself. I do admit when I'm wrong. And I was wrong. And it sucks. And we were all wrong, Chicago. But we need to move off of Mac. Now, I, I do. I have a question, though, because Paul, you didn't directly answer me. I do think y'all should trade Stafford to Dallas. If it's there, would you do it? So, if I was GM of the Lions, if that's the question you're asking, I would not for the simple reason that I know that I could quickly build a team around Stafford and actually do something with him. Is a think fan, of what you would give for him. As a fan, I really, really want to see them trade Stafford because I'm sick of wasting him. I want to see him have success so that he can actually get his due. And, I mean, you assume if we get a new GM in the haul that we should get for a quarterback like Stafford, that he'd be able to just dumb luck get some actual players in here? That's what I'm saying. Like, if we're talking legitimate, like, if we're being realists about the Detroit situation, I don't see a reason why not to trade Stafford in the same way as I don't see a reason why the Bears shouldn't trade Mac. Not I mean, not to say their worth is obviously different. I just mean in principle, like, a guy that everybody would... at 
first glance would be like, why would you so trade him? Well, so here's well, why you why. don't trade Stafford from if you're a GM and you're actually trying to win games and not just the fact that always oh, hard to replace. So Stafford is, ironically, actually on a pretty team-friendly deal. And he's on That's it true. for a hot minute. Like, his salary is not team crippling, and he outplays his salary as far as quarterbacks are concerned. So that's that's part number one. Part number two, when you want to hit on a rookie quarterback and make a run is when you have a team that's close. The problem is this roster itself is a few years away from being good enough to win anything of consequence. So even if you hit on your rookie QB, by the time your roster is right, you now have to pay that rookie QB. I don't know. I, look, I, I'm, I'm very negative about my team. Right <laughs> well, now. I'm extremely I, negative about mine, too, which is it's just sad to watch, and it's stupid, and I'm sick of it, and I'm over it. I mean, let's talk about the Lions. You go to Oakland, Stafford again, balling out, team's playing really good. Marvin Jones and Galladay are still leading the league in a bunch of statistical categories. They both have a touchdown almost 100 yards in the first half each. Stafford's over 250 yards in the first half. Second half, we do what we normally do. We stop gas pedaling which is whatever but then we kind of picked it back up when we were like wow we might actually lose this game but the problem is we picked it up too late but then because we have a couple good receivers and we have a really good quarterback we drive down to the one yard line in like 90 seconds and we're like all right we can tie this game and send it to overtime we didn't do the thing Hmm. we um a a yard shot so you guys know that i didn't like the darren bevel hire I don't actually think it's been that bad. I just think the personnel grouping you chose on that last play was suspect. Well, it's suspect because we don't have the personnel to run Darren Bevel's offense, which is why I hated the hire so much. We do not have the horses that fit what Darren Bevel wants to run. We have one component. Darren Bevel does like to take deep shots, and we have a great deep arm quarterback. The problem is, in between those deep shots, he wants to run the ball 30 times. There's a problem that doesn't mesh with what we have going hey, on. It, it's too bad that you have a trash-ass running back. So. I mean, you know who Darren Bevel worked really good for? Seattle. He fit what they were building and what they had. But we're not Seattle. We don't have the personnel. And so then you take – I mean, everyone has talked about the play call. I mean, it's a complete dead horse. You're, you're fourth and one, game on the line, in the one spot – that, by the way, I was actually fine with the Lions running the ball. I could have lived with us running off to – like, you know what I want to see in that situation? I want us to line up. Pistol, QB dive. Let's go. I, no, I want to run up. I, I want, I want Galladay and Jones out Lamar there. I want Galladay and Jones the out there both split out wide. <laughs> and I want my five linemen. And on each side of my linemen, in a nice T, I want a tight end on each one of them. And I want Stafford with one, under center with one back in the backfield. And I want Stafford to read the defense, and he decides whether it's going to be a pass or run. Oh, and if I so, and we if, just talked about this, and you said no. And if Screw it's a you. Run, hold on. No, no, no. That's a completely oh, different conversation. Come completely on. Completely different conversation. I'm talking about on the field. Like, you, you have a play call. And right. You give him the option, which there's is what I was saying play. the whole so you're time. On the, you, got him, you have a super balanced formation. If it's a run... You pull your tight end across the formation, and you run off tackle with two tight ends. Ah, your you can't do that. And Mark's guard, been trying that for years. Your tackle and your guard to double-team the edge and completely blow up the edge because you only need one yard, and you let Ty Johnson get it done. And if you don't think that's there, you have so many options in the passing game. But what did we do? We ran a design play to our third tight end with our two best receivers off the field. 
We ran also a play. Also to the weak side. And, and this is the problem. It was a play without it. option. It was a play that, much like the way Bob Quinn does in the draft, he's like, I like the look of this. Let's do that. They were like, we think this can work. We're just going to do this. There just, was I, there was nothing who to rolls it. rolls out like that? Like, I, even in Madden, I never run a play action to the weak side. I don't even do that in Madden. Well, Why would you do that in real life? They said that, well, Catch him off guard, there was baby. an option, and it was based on the defensive alignment, and it was That's such a wise. terribly designed play that if the, there's no way that if option A is not there, that option B is going to be there. You should have just ran the film and, the, and it's funny. Honestly, <laughs> the thing that upset me most, and, and it got a lot of talk because they said it on broadcast. And let's be real. We have the worst hometown broadcast. It's an abomination. It's so god-awful. Like, it's just terrible. I, oh, I'm awful. so sick You're of watching me Loomis the Brown TV isn't broadcast. Great. It's so bad. But John Gruden called the timeout with eight seconds left. And as soon as that happened... Dipshit, former linebacker for the Lions, Spielman. Oh, there it is again. Oh, he's the, terrible. The I mean, he's the worst human in the world. Oh, he, he's like, wow, I don't understand that at all. John Gruden bailed out the Lions. No, John Gruden saved his team the fucking game. And I was pissed hey. because I knew it at the moment. So first of all, you can't say that a team bailed you out. We were at the line. Hold on. Hold set. on. Hold on. You're going to say some falsehoods here. I'm not saying falsehoods. No, no, because I, it came out this week. Um, I, I don't know if it was Stafford directly or, uh, like, Rieger pulled something. Basically, the Lions admitted, like, they did not have a play ready. If Gruden had called the timeout, it they would have had a free line. It doesn't matter. They were I mean, set I with think it eight does, kind seconds. Of. That's, this is what's actually Who cares better. if you don't have a play? No, it doesn't. Right. You don't have, so stop, stop, stop. Saying that you, you don't have a play it. is completely... Stop. You're being ridiculous, and you're being completely disingenuous. They didn't have a play call from the sideline, and they didn't have a play for this is a situation we're running this play. What they were was in their two-minute offense, which Stafford is extremely adept at running. And how we run that is Stafford gets everybody to the line, looks at the defense, makes his signal at a call, and Paul runs the play. Paul was ready to press Y and get the audible, the PA, we the PA power. We were there with eight <laughs> seconds. Stafford Damn looks up. Guy. They don't need the play <laughs> from the sideline. They didn't have a play in mind, but Stafford looks at the defense. He says this is what we're doing. He throws up a signal, barks out an order, and we run the play. Gru didn't call. They time out because his defense had no idea what was going on. They weren't set. They weren't ready. Him calling a timeout allowed not only him to set his defense, but it allowed us to call a really fucking stupid play that cost us the game. <laughs> that's that's where that was what I was gonna say to just kind All of. All that happened. What would have likely happened? Okay. Is Gruden's defense is not set? Stafford looks at the defense. Sees right. where they're vulnerable, calls either the run that they should have called or finds a spot where we're going to get a rub and an easy completion. We run it, uh, touchdown, uh, tie the game, go to overtime. Maybe. Not maybe. Right. Yes, With maybe. Ninety-eight. Or the pass gets broken up, the line fails, and Stafford gets hit. Like... Or, Plenty or of he has happen. trouble with the snap. Like, I don't, man, who cares at this point? Well, we tried to pound it up the middle with Ty Johnson. <laughs> like, uh, like, look, it's on, it's on to the next. Jer- Jeremy Kissing. We had more important things that happened yesterday that made me sad. What happened yesterday? What happened yesterday? Oh, oh gee, I wonder. No, I'm not even joking. Our, our, uh, our oh, wait, I thought we weren't allowed to talk about this. The good guys. 
I mean, uh, you wanted to talk about it for like a parsec. I thought, so. I thought we weren't allowed to talk about the what happened. I thought college basketball didn't gave start up a yet. It starts 20 Wednesday. run to App State. It's just not relevant to discuss the games themselves. Yeah, so you guys wanted to do a college basketball preview, so I'm going to go eat while you pretend to talk about teams you don't know about. I will say about the Michigan State-Kentucky game last night, though, the one thing that struck me is uh, kids named Vernon Maxey, I think. Uh, no, no definitely not Vernon. I, I would have said yeah, his I'm, name I'm, had I'm you tripping. not said Vernon, and I'm like, wait, what? No, Tyrese. that is definitely not. Uh, he got he got Maxey, <laughs> right? Tyrese Maxey is uh, – so you heard – Vital obviously on the broadcast talk about like people saying Duke and Kentucky don't have a top ten pick or whatever. And I said it watching the game is Maxie reminded me of when Kyrie did up Michigan State real well when he was at Duke. And then just in terms of like real fast point guards, uh two guys that he reminds me of are De'Aaron Fox, who was obviously at Kentucky, and um and Kobe White. The way he like he's so quick, he's just able to get up and down the court and attack. So even when the offense isn't set. You know, Maxie can go get you a bucket, and that's something that they really needed last night. And even as great as Cassius is, you know, he's not—he's not the he's best. He's not that. He—he's he's just gonna blow by you and get to the basket. Yeah, we, right? we don't have. He's more—he's more kind of dribble into a spot and pull up that little that little floater. So I would very much like a guy like Maxie on our team, and hopefully Rocket can be a, a mini Maxie. But last night he didn't show that. I did like how aggressive he was, though. And I think that's something that'll fare well for the uh, for Michigan State just oh, throughout the season, as as long as he's not scared. There's been so many guards like Maxi that have just blow by speed, some nice talent can finish at the rim uh, in college that just haven't made the transition to the pros. I think I, I understand what you're saying because you watched Kyrie tear you guys Russ up. Smith. But the comparison, I I mean, I don't know if you're really trying to compare him, but. I mean, Kyrie barely played in college, and when he did play, like you saw, just like how special he was. It was just like, wow, this. No, I mean, is Ky- Kyrie is not the comparison. Yeah, he wasn't comparing. He's just him reminiscent. The the biggest comparison that I saw was De'Aaron Fox. That's what. See, that's the guy. That's the guy I would have mentioned. But a taller De'Aaron Fox. I I, I did mention De'Aaron. I didn't hear him. <laughs> I, I legit, it didn't come through. Yeah, over the De'Aaron Fox, Kobe White, and Kyrie just as like a reminiscent freshman. Don't do that. Don't. He looks so much smarter than Kobe White. Smacking around Michigan State. It's just me. Uh, Speaking of, how are my Bulls doing right now? Uh, Well, I don't think they've blown a 40-point lead tonight. Uh, Okay. Hey, up by 15. Without Trey Young. Hold on, it's still the first half. Without (laughs) Trey Young. It's without Trey Young. I guess if you're going to really preview college basketball, my my real only thing is does anybody have, outside of the top four, is there anybody who has a, a team they want to highlight? I have one in mind, but actually two. Excuse as far me. as yeah. college My, basketball as a whole? Yeah, just in general. I mean, the, the team that I'll be paying attention to a lot is the team that I called at the end of last year that I expected to do a lot of great things this year, and that's the Florida Gators. God, that's my thing. You stole from I, me. Don't you dare. I did not. Literally, Yo, you listen literally to, you listen to the, cast. the team that I brought I up. I said it first. I said that Mike White was a guy who should replace Tom, and then I said that Florida that's, next year was going to be awesome. And then you, you said spoke before I and, did, but don't act like and I didn't. You bring said doing that's a great point regarding Florida going forward, naming a bunch of players you didn't. It's mine as well, and we might both be wrong in the SEC because Kentucky looked damn good, even while not looking their best. Uh, but I am paying attention to what Florida will be doing this year, and I know it's not a, like okay. a jump because they're what six 
in the top 25. Yeah. So, like, that, that surprised me that they rated them that high. Obviously, everyone you know, saw the same stuff that you and I saw at the end of last year. I, I thought they would have been top 15 in the in the uh, 25, but I was surprised when I saw them at 6. I'm going to let y'all That's, guess mine. I don't want to hear it. Um, <laughs> so, my, my, my thing is uh, Florida, the reason why I highlight Florida, and there is one other team, but Florida to me is the one outside of the top four that I would say I would I would be like you know what that's a national title potential team I that's the team that I look at and, I, and I'm like you know what come March I, I that's the Michigan State of last year I don't want to see them mm-hmm. because Mike White is a fantastic coach they had a I forget the the transfer that they just had the new kid I think it's a man what's that guy's name kill me but he's like he's forward he's fan, he's phenomenal for him and. Uh, I, that's Florida's the team, but there's another one. And anybody who has ever like just watched any social media of any kind, you've seen the student section for this team, and now they're finally good Seton enough. Hall. And that is, no, <laughs> Utah State. Utah State has one of the best home courts in all of college basketball, and they are finally a very solid team. Number 17 in the preseason poll. That is a mid-major that could be this year's version of Gonzaga. I'm very excited to see what's going to be coming out of uh, wherever the hell Utah State is. I forget. So, Reagan. So or, um, Provo? No. Oh, sorry. Guy. No, not That's Provo. BYU. They're out of. Uh, um, oh, come on. I had it on the tip of Nobody my Nobody really cares. Uh, Paul, besides Logan, your Michigan Logan. Wolverines. <laughs> Logan, Logan is where they're out of. Besides your Wolverines, is there a you know an yeah, actual contender you're paying attention to? Like, <laughs> oh, I don't understand God. how more people are not talking. About Excellent. This. I I don't. What? What? <laughs> it's just funny because it's Paul. Because <laughs> it's your boys, the best team in the Big Ten last year. He's not there. You know there? there. Jalen Smith is there. Yeah, <laughs> Probably the most underrated player in the country. This incoming class is not bad at all. It was the third class in the Big Ten. They have a ton of contributors all up and down the court, easily eight, nine deep. And they have top end elite talent to go with it. They're coached well. Anthony Collin Jr. has been there for what feels like 15 years. He he is there. Who is that jerk off that used to play for Ohio State? I hated him. Aaron uh, Kraft. One. Yeah, Aaron Kraft. <laughs> he he is there. The, Aaron Kraft. The, the, the devil. But the literal to devil. go along with Aaron Kraft, they have Jalen Smith, who's better than anyone that's ever played for Ohio State. And I'm including that's Greg Oden in that. That is just not true. <laughs> that is absolutely not true. That is not true. I, I really like hey, him. You're just going to slander Russell, Michael Red like that. Mike Conley. There's a like lot right of good. Jesus. There's been a lot of good players from Ohio State. Ohio State is trash. I didn't say they're not. Tell me how many. But great I, I still NBA think Michael Red's. I, I still think Michael Red's the best of their bunch. Trash. Tell me because how many. Because Ohio State is my team to watch, baby. Great NBA players come out of Ohio State. Ohio State is trash. By the way, I remember the name of the of the fella, and it's somebody to look and out Michael for. Red, transfer. Mike Conley. The, the transfer D- from Russell. Virginia Tech, Kerry Blackshear. He's going to be awesome for the Gators this season. I'm telling you guys, Maryland is a more athletic, but not quite as good Michigan State. And watch out for them. Damn, we'll see it in the conference race. But, uh, oh. (laughs) 
Well, another team you'll see in the conference race is Ohio State. They bring back – so their entire starting five, they don't bring them all back, but none of them are freshmen. So they do have experience there. They have Caleb Wesson as their center and as kind of their main go-to guy. They got uh, C.J. Walker, transfer from Florida State at guard, and they're a team that I liked last year going into the tournament, and we did some type of grizzly take, I think, of teams you expect to – go or make the second weekend mm-hmm. next year, something like yeah. that. You can go back to the cast and listen to it and make sure that uh, make sure I have that right. But one of my teams, I, I, I'm pretty sure that's the, the one Dylan picked Florida, but mine was Ohio State. They looked pretty – I mean, they were pretty competent last year. Uh, I think I think they had a good showing in the, in the tournament last year as well. But it's just a team that brings back a whole lot of experience, and by the time March does come around, they will be battle-tested, being through the Big Ten, having to go through teams like Michigan State, um, like Maryland that were both obviously already mentioned on the podcast. And they're a team that I think can uh, can do some damage and will probably finish the regular season rated higher than their 18 ranking that they have right now. I, what was that segment we did last year? What do you mean? I mean, we did a bunch, but one it was a grizzly was like, take thing. Yeah, it wasn't a whole segment. It but was there a, are a couple different college basketball ones. One was like in the Final Four next year. One was a team that you just like, like ex- moving forward. Yeah, one thing, one team that you think could like make a run. Um, one team that maybe got eliminated early that you think next year can make a run. Uh, we we did a couple different ones. Yeah, Ohio I'll State upset head, Iowa remember. State in the 11-6 matchup. I was just looking at and it. There and then fell to Houston. And anybody, by the way, okay, who was wondering why Terry Blackshear would have transferred from a Virginia Tech team <laughs> that was very solid in the Sweet 16, but then moved to Florida, it's not one of, it's not one of these Justin Fields scenarios. Buzz Williams decided to screw off all the way down to College Station in Texas A&M. So the kid went to Mike White's program, and I think he's going to be... I think there's a very good... He's an outsider chance for Naismith. I think he's going to be awesome. Free Joey Hauser. <laughs> so, Matt, you tell me, because you are the kind of lukewarm, not hot take artistry guy of the podcast. There's been a lot of hot take artistry around about this Michigan State team. I think we're all in agreement on cast that they are the best position team this season. What is your bar for Michigan State? What is a successful season for them this year? I mean, normally it's Final Four. But when you come into the season as the 11-2 favorite to win it all, I in my mind this year, anything short of that is a failure. Short if you of are, winning it? If you are the biggest favorite since, what, 0-9... North Carolina? Yeah, no. No? I think it's the 2012 Kentucky. 2012 Kentucky? Was it the Anthony Davis Kentucky team? Yep. Yeah, and... It did win it. To me, what's weird about it is I, I don't understand it. I understand us being one of the favorites. I don't understand us being the overwhelming favorite. Uh, I don't... Do you want Do you want me to explain it? Well, no, I don't see I don't see the full picture that apparently other people see, it, especially when we lose in Langford, who we've lost before. But I don't see. Well, I mean, you didn't expect Langford yeah, did not, to go down. Did not well, true, you're right. No, I mean, well, I mean, did you didn't? Well, I mean, I so kind of did. There's a couple things. I, uh, ouch! Hey, the man's just things. got shit luck with staying healthy. He is not. So been people able have to stay come healthy. around to the fact that 
One and done teams keep you in the conversation and they make you pretty good, but they don't win titles for the most part. Like if we're talking about actually winning a title, these one and done teams are not getting it done. Well, Kentucky only well, did it once. And that was with Anthony Davis. One well, and done's been, expa- uh, been expanded Oklahoma. a little to two and done as well. Where there's a so, mix of wait, teams with sophomores and freshmen eh, that are winning these Kind titles. of, but not to the same level. So you have yeah, so people have realized people have realized that that's not working. So they're not just picking the team that has all the hot freshmen coming in. Not only that, but of the one and done teams, none of them brought in like an all time class like we've seen the past few years that it's like Duke brought in three of the top five players. Thank you know you, what I Penny. mean? Like that, and even with Duke, even Duke having three of the top what draft picks? What they have uh, draft twelve? Picks? Um, no, no, like reddish, that? reddish dropped to reddish ten. Is 10. So yeah, 10. so they had three, three top, 10. top ten NBA draft picks. Three, sixty percent of their starting lineup went top ten in the NBA draft. No, they didn't sniff the title. They didn't even make the final. No, they didn't make the final four. No, they didn't. We made the final four. They, they, final they lost Michigan them. State. They didn't make the final. <laughs> in they fairness, the they were one point away from the final. They were also right. one point away from being knocked the out in the Sweet is, Sixteen and had, Elite Eight. You had this all-time class with just absurd talent, and still didn't get it done. So people have wisened up to the fact that it takes experience in a system to win a title. In Michigan State, returns a ton. Oh yeah, no, I but get that. Also, it's high caliber. J- Winston, Jesus, I almost said Jameis Winston. Cassius Winston <laughs> is the first returning first team All American to school in like over half a decade. Was about that like, is not true. Marcus Howard also returned to school. He was not a first team All American. Yes, he was. No, he wasn't. He is not the last first team All American to return to school. It's not true. It was like 2013 or something. I'm I think it was. Now. I think it was Jim. Yeah, not Jimmer. Who the hell was it? It was a white kid. Jimmer, Jimmer the God. Dougie McBuckets? <laughs> it, you know what? It was Doug McDermott, I think. Was, Jesus. Are we going to wait for Dylan to look this up? No, keep going. Come on. I just, I just want. So anyways, Michigan State has elite talent, and they have the experience, and they're deep. And if you – and I know Dylan's going to laugh at this, but pretend last night didn't happen. People expect guys like Foster Lawyer to step up. You brought in guys like Rocket Watts, and you returned most of last year. You essentially are adding Langford to the team, assuming that at some point he actually gets healthy in place for the team, because you didn't have him when it mattered last year. No one, and it's not even close, in the whole college basketball landscape, no one brings anything near the returning set of talent I, and experience. I, and I get that, and that's why I'm saying I understand them being so that's in the why mix. They're it's such the overwhelming favorite part that's that why... because I don't see scorers on this team. I don't see that guy that we just saw for Kentucky that's getting any bucket he wants, including seven feet but behind isn't the three. That we're being experienced, having been in the system, we talked about this last year. And last oh. year I said Michigan State highest assist ratio in the country. Their only weakness is they don't create their own shots. But when you're so experienced and you have so much decent talent and you've been in the system for so long, at what point does that not matter? At what point do you just not need to create your own shots because your system and the players that you have create shots for each other? I mean, that that may work out, but when you run into something like a Texas Tech defense and you need a guy to get his own shot and you don't have that guy, I see us with these same problems. But that's that which is there fine. is no Texas Tech. You though. know what I'm that's saying though. We run into happen. a defense where where our system is not Ooh. working, and now you need that so, guy to so go get that bucket. So here's the thing. 
You're no also not believing saying, there's going to be growth. No one like, is saying I didn't that, say that Michigan at all. State is for sure going to win the title. That's the thing. No one is saying that. But if you're picking a favorite, how could you pick anyone else? I'm saying the overwhelming the part. If, if you, it's the 11 to 2 over, part. But, well, hold on. I mean, the, it's the overwhelming, overwhelming part because is Because you have catches. to pick one. You you're not just bringing back, like, not only are you bringing back most of your team, you're bringing back the guy most people consider to be the best player in the country, at least on the college level. So right. that I mean that's really it. You're bringing him back at the most important position in college basketball, which is the point guard. So, in in another thing also that I think Matt you're getting hung up on here is when we're talking about when what Paul's point is and it's what I said was fine. Let's let's take your contention Michigan State does have enough flaws. Who is your next one that you're going to be so fervent to say, "Yep, that's the next team that I think is going to win. Th- because in it. fairness with last year, la- let's take last year, everybody had Duke as the first one, right? Yep. But then after that, you had, you had Most Virginia as many people's other choice. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is I don't see another choice this year. That's, and that's the overwhelming part. So it's, when, you're, when you're picking the number one team, you're only picking one. So they're overwhelming because why on earth would you pick anyone else? How are you picking anyone else? Like I get if you want to say they're not recruiting a class and, the and name head coaches. So Duke, Kansas, Kentucky come to mind. I I am not convinced of any of those. No, teams, no. But though. what I'm saying is when you say who else is there out there? Well, those are some names but that are still out there. But that is. But, but you're also not. But now you're starting to talk about the field and not specifically a singular team that you think could up. Even if you talk Michigan about a single State. team, there's something wrong in your head if you pick them over Michigan State as more Very probable true. to win the title. Right. Like if you're picking, like gun to your head, you have to pick one team. How do you not pick Michigan State? There's no way. None. Where, now, whereas in two again, months, last if someone year, comes out of the woodwork and is like, holy crap, these guys are incredible. Where do they come from? That can happen. But as of right now, you're picking a team. How do you pick anyone else? I mean, look it, at – you mentioned there's Duke. There's one other team that you honestly could even make that argument for, and I don't buy them for a second, and that's Memphis because of Wiseman. But I don't think any of us believe that Penny Hardaway is anywhere near – ready for this they haven't cheated enough yet so <laughs> well i mean they did bring in the number one recruiting class but as i said there were none of these I mean, and, other and they're, they're also going to run recruiting through their classes that were just like never seen before i mean you you mentioned duke was the first name out of matt's mouth as far as a, another team they and did not look that i look at <laughs> duke in his greatest coach k's ben i think the worst thing that ever happened to coach k was the one in dun era honestly i'm right oh yeah and he hated it's it not his it fault it's not his fault. He's playing the game, but I think it's all the Irish point guards. Look, <laughs> when is the last time? What? Like, look at all the talent Duke has had to not make the final or even the final four with. They had to cheat in order to get the national title away from Wisconsin. Jesus. I, <laughs> so you're not wrong, but I wouldn't I'm put not. that on Duke. Uh, like, it's the, not Duke's they, fault. They, all, they also cheated to take the title away from Butler, who shouldn't have been there because we it's, got robbed against them. It is not Duke's fault, ah, but Kyle they Singler did get team. all the calls, and Frank the Tank deserved a ring. Well, point, <laughs> point, point being, as Paul was saying, is that it, you're, 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 basically your argument is just really soft. Like, I'm not convinced at all that you have any volition outside of devil's advocacy 
for not picking Michigan State. And therefore, your opinion well, so the is I- not the, valid. The irony in this is Matt said it's title or bust. I agree with that. I mean, it, it is title or bust. As I'm, obviously, as long as nothing crazy happens, like Cassius gets hurt in the tournament, and then you right. make the Final Four, and, and you're like, well, they, <laughs> like, well, they got listen, it. Well, then all bets are off. But here's the thing, and I thought we were on the same page, but apparently just wild and now. Well, I, I my mine never... was within a shot of the Okay, type. okay, so you're with me. So. so, especially the way that college basketball is set up in the format of the tournament, you can never the say the Final Four or was last year. Generally, a team like Michigan State's, I would say Final Four are bust. If you don't make the Final Four, it's a failure of a season, but wacky shit can happen. Because Michigan State has such an advantage over the field, because they are so clear-cut, you have to make the final. And I don't care who you run into before that. I don't care if you lose to the eventual champion. You have to make the final. But if you lose in the final, I'm not going to say you failed as a season. I'm, I'm not going to do that. I, it's too, especially the way the tournament is. But you are going to still have some stuff to say off. about Izzo and not not getting it done more than once. I won't. No, I will in not. Fair. I, I will not <laughs> knock Izzo at all for this season. I know, The things I knock Izzo for are certain seasons, 2015 being chief among them. Actually, no. I knock him less for 2015 than I knock him for Syracuse. Um, Wait, time out. Oh, 15. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the 14 Final Four no. run. I'm like, no. come on. The following now. year with Middle Tennessee. But but if we're, we're taking a year-by-year breakdown, <laughs> if you guys make the final, and unless you're completely uncompetitive and lose by 30, you lose by 15 points in the final, I'm not going to criticize Izzo. You got to the Here, final, you had a bad game. I won't criticize here's partially, him. Here's partially why I'm saying that it's not necessarily national title or bust. Dude, that Auburn-Virginia game shook me. Because that can happen to us. And if it does, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, Tom's a joke and blah, blah, blah. Like, Virginia needed basically a sheer miracle in order to be able to win the national title convincingly. So if we're sitting there in a scenario just like that in the national title, I'm not going to... Or like North Carolina, where where Villanova had that last shot... I'm not going to be sitting here saying Tom failed. That's irresponsible. But you do. But if that happens in the Final Four, I I will say it was it was not in. You're telling me that if a Virginia Auburn type scenario happens again in the Final Four, you got to yeah, make the with, final against. Year. You got to make the final this year. I, so, so I'm not going to be. So like here's that. The, so here's I mean, the difference. If that happens in the Final like the, Four, the Lions had to beat the. Packers. I'm not going to say wow, <laughs> Izzo's a failure. I can't believe he had such a bad coaching job. I'm not going to attack the team. But I will say it was not a successful season. Does that make is that fair? I just think that there's so much con. Like, what if we don't get Langford back? Then all of a sudden, but you didn't have Langford type- last year either. Right, but we also had two more. I mean, guys Langford is a have. huge boon because I I honestly think and selfishly I I hope. I want the Pistons to draft Langford. I actually think he's going to be the best yeah, NBA player. because you guys cut Joe here. Johnson. Well, I think he's going to be the best NBA player on this team. <laughs> on this Michigan State team, I think Langford's going to be the best NBA player. No, I think Rocket, once he like learns how to use his that's, speed, that's so be like projecting. I mean, that's super projecting an 18-year-old. I see him being a very Ty Lawson kind of guy. I, I, I think Langford has such a smooth, consistent stroke. I think he has the athleticism to match. I think he actually plays defense. I love Langford. He just Jay can't Rich stay healthy. Kinda. He just cannot stay healthy. Um, and Which is why I don't think he's going to be good in the NBA. And I, I like him a lot. I wouldn't mind him only playing half a season and being okay. Did you just and then slander Jason Richardson? Not you, Paul. I was going to say. No, not you, Paul. Jason Dylan. He's saying, he he, said, he, he he's saying Jason Richardson stroke. wasn't good in the NBA, though. 
No, I did not. Did. Paul well, said one of the greatest dunkers of all time. Oh my! You just compared Josh Langford to Jason, and then you said, and "That's why no! I think he's not going to be good." In the Paul NBA. said, "Okay, because everybody <laughs> has listening problems today, apparently, because we're in a retirement home this week." My God, you know I'm editing, it's, so I will Paul check said, the tape. It's your new Paul, setup. Yeah, Paul said he had a good stroke, and I said, "Like Jay Rich, because out of college." Jason Richardson's Jason Richardson's shot was really you, you solid. You guys did take Dylan's out of context and run with it. <laughs> so yeah, thanks. Regardless, we'll so see. we all agree Michigan we'll State elite this season. We all agree they gotta at least be in very very close we, contention. We all agree life. Michigan still can't keep a halftime lead. All right, let's move on. I want to talk about Michigan for a minute because I don't. Dylan is going to shit all over them for literally no reason. So before you're right. Dylan does, you're right. It's ju- it's just hate. I'm not pretending like it's anything. Before else. Dylan does so, I want to talk to anyone who wants to be reasonable. I think Michigan is, unlike recent teams, grossly underrated coming into this season. Where do they have them I, right now to start this season? They're not, they're ranked. not ranked. I know. They're not. But they usually still show you, you know, people that they think are sniffing. They to are be- not sniffing. Oh, no, hold on. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, Nowhere 12, close. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, Jesus. plus 25 is 43. Here's why, by the way. The reason why they're not ranked is because they're doing a preemptive measure when the NCAA takes the season away, and then they're not ranked then either. This is for, for what? <laughs> Yeah, it wouldn't all, be this season. It would be the all, next seasons because all of Ju- all of Juwan's already tampering? almost NCAA violations. Oh my god! <laughs> it would I mean, we already know, we already know he's cheating. We would have violations when we're hey, actually bringing in five star players. It's but. a Michigan tradition as it's, old well, as the Fab Five itself. Because cheating out your dicks. is actually a self-respecting school. Because oh yeah, self-respecting enough to the lose their final five fours. Happened. We don't lose in final fours. We lose in. The final. No, I said lose as in you don't have them as banners. Oh, oh, they got taken down. Listen, I mean, yeah, you can knock something that happened during the Fab Five area before you were born. In in fairness, I'm knocking the fact that it's happening again with one of the members. But it's not, and you know that, and you're just right now. Right now, because Jawan is a one of the most stand-up guys in the world, and b in the world, the world, (laughs) entire universe, more than John Beeline himself. More okay, integrity, no. More integrity than Coach no. B. Uh-uh. That's not even remotely well, accurate. Well, you want, you want to a... be preposterous? I'll be preposterous. Oh, okay. I thought you were serious. Michigan <laughs> is on great emphasis of not going down those roads NCAA violations. But regardless, that's not what we're talking about right now anyways. So I if, was. If we get to that point, whatever. It, you guys can make fun all you want, and I'll be like, wow, didn't see that coming. This team <laughs> this year that now. is not Jawan's team, Let's be real. This is John Beeline's team. I, even the guy that we brought in in yet. Franz Wagner, the way was paid by John <laughs> Beeline. So this is not Juwan's team at all. And no matter what happens this year, it's not going to, but Michigan could win the title. And that doesn't mean that Juwan is the greatest coach ever. That just means that Beeline left the cupboards really stocked. What Michigan is going to do this year is certainly not be the freaking 43rd best team in the country. This is going to be a top six. them at what, like a five, six seed? Team. I can see that. I, I have them between, between a three and a six seed. Um, I expect the Big Ten to actually get a ton of respect this year, and I expect that to translate. Weren't they to a seed three seed starters. last year? Um, 
I think a second seed. Yeah. Were they a second? Oh, not that. No, to be fair, not like they played like it. I, I think we were a second seed. What do you mean not like? We no, played? you like, were the like great. Didn't they, they get were, to the Elite Eight? They were a number two seed. They played in the Sweet 16, and I think they shot like 12%, something like that. How did you really guys bad. shoot against that same team, buddy? I mean, Xavier Simpson was just doing what he I, usually I does. I literally though. said, this is a nightmare bracket for me because this is the team that I absolutely don't want to face. He did and this team is going to be a problem for us. Yeah, they you were did. a problem for you more than just that. you. Huh. Yeah, they it's, were a problem it's, for everybody, and they all for the state of Michigan. If I, if I remember in that game, I believe that Xavier Simpson actually went back to his fifth grade oh, game God. in order to improve. Just it's so unnecessary. Like we lost that game, we got punked by a team that played much better than us, <laughs> and went on and year. almost won the national title. <laughs> this is a really good team. <laughs> anyway, this year, Michigan is going to be a much better shooting team than last year. Now, they're not going to be as ridiculous on the defensive end. They're going to sacrifice a little bit. But Michigan has legitimately the best center in the country. Okay. And Again, that is incorrect. James Wiseman in, is better. A little incorrect. They Did you watch James Wiseman's first game? absolutely have the best center in the country. This is so stupid. And I will go I'm done. Over that. All right. I'm turning this off now. Goodbye. Uh-uh. They're going to play inside out. But what they have this year that they did not have last year is guys that can actually knock down shots. See, Jordan Poole could have been that guy, but he decided he didn't want to shoot it if he was within 40 feet of the basket. So he wasn't that guy. Charles Matthews, as great as a leader, as great as a defensive player as he was, did not knock down those shots. Who knocked down those shots for us last year? Not Xavier Simpson. Uh, Nobody. That was your problem. The player (laughs) that left that we will miss the most is Ignis Brasdinkas. But Franz Wagner is going to be better than no, Not in big games. <laughs> God, um, he's such a bitch. Yeah, we return man. the core of a very good defense. We are a better shooting team. And we with are the, extremely the guy, experienced. And we go at least two players deeper than last year's team did. How is this Weren't team... Weren't you guys 12 people deep last year? How is this team... <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> he did say that. How is oh, this team man. so crim- criminal? Oh, he's underrated? just moving on. He's not even responding. <laughs> I mean, because they lost three guys to the. Well, they lost three guys, and all three of them probably could have gone to the NBA. But I don't. I don't know what happened to Charles Matthews. Charles Matthews was signed, or no, he got hurt at a contract. He blew his ACL at a workout. Yeah, ah, that's right. That sucks. Damn, that's rough. It's extremely. But, rough, I mean, it's man. because it's because they lost all those guys, and the point guard that they bring the back, even though you love him, there's a guy that can't shoot the ball at so all, and then bad. everywhere else they have question marks. So if they are as good as you say they are, and they're as good of a shooting team, and Wagner comes back, or is it Wagner? Uh, and Wagner comes back, and you know he ends up being the real deal. Then they'll obviously make their way uh, into the into the rankings. But I mean, they have to prove that first because right now there's a lot of unknowns. Well, where on the do team. you guys see this team being? I just I can't get past the fact that you really think that this kid is better than freaking Wiseman. I can't get past it. I can't. I do, it's asinine. So, or Vernon Carey, who I, I hate. I, but true. I, I mean, I see them in terms of like seeding, probably like a five seed. But they, I mean, they can end up in the top twenty. I think they're going to. But be, I don't. I don't know that forty three is super disrespectful because that's you know around a five or six seed in the tournament. So, 
I don't think it's a. It's I like think a, they're going to be like a very. No, yeah, no, it's not. Hold on, shit. <laughs> I think they're going to be just like kind of no, the yeah, teams I did, I did, that. I did some bad math. That Michigan, right? I think they're going to be much like the other Michigan teams that like Manny Harris was on. They'll be, you know, they'll be annoying. They'll be, they'll be all right. They'll, they'll be fine. Darius Morris. <laughs> right. They'll be fine, but again, they have such a weakness that Paul is never going to accept. Like, if you had a better point guard, then I'd say there's a very good chance you could be a sleeper to actually win the conference. But your point guard is awful. He is trash. He's so he good. missed. Stop. He did, dude. So he, good, you say? He didn't even hit the backboard twice on a layup. Twice. No, he hit the backboard. Oh, sorry, sorry. The, the rim. rim, the rim, the rim. What do you mean we watched him live? I can pull up so many plays from Cassius that you're like, wow, how is he on a college basketball court? It happens. You, okay, dude, you're the only human who thinks that Xavier Simpson is as good as you think he is. He is the, he, in the past he is decade, awful. he is the second B- best point guard Simpson. behind Trey Burke that we've had. That's not saying much. Right, we've had great shit. point guard play. That's saying a like, lot. Wait, better than Walton? Better than Walton. Yeah, I thought Walton People was do not awesome. understand. I, how I thought Walton was going to be sweet, and then he fucking People wasn't. do not understand how good Xavier Simpson is. Because he's not. Or so he's how bad your competition has been for the last decade of point guard. No, right. we've had like really good point guards. No, again, you do realize that there aren't even people within your program that are saying that he's this good. You are the. Uh, this is a typical even, Paul thing. You are. You are the only. You are doing the same thing you always do, where when you love a guy, I mean, I'm, I'm talking legit love a dude. You do not fall off, and it's respectable. You're ride or die with him. I can respect that in and of itself, but dude, he's trash. It's that simple. He's absolutely He's trash. not trash. Hang on. You're, you hate him. He's, so He's not trash. He's definitely in the top few point guards in the Big Ten right now. Oh, man. <laughs> top few point guards in the Big He's Ten. He's top 12 point guards. He's definitely, guard top, look, he's definitely <laughs> top five. You're not going to find four other point guards better than him right now in the Big Ten. 14 teams. <laughs> right. I know. It's, I said he, what I said. He's a top third. <laughs> awesome. Like, Dude, he's not, That's not he, trash. Let's, That's not trash. Here, let's, By definition, fine, that is not fine. trash. If you in the top third, I'm going to rephrase. Guard in the Midwest. I'm going to rephrase. He is going to be more of a problem for the team than he should be. He is a liability where it matters. Out of control. Absolutely wild. Until he goes four or six, one game from three, and Paul's like, see? <laughs> right, and then, and then the next game, he'll go like one for 20. Just, he'll do what Michigan State did in an entire game by Cassius, himself. Cassius did yesterday, one for seven. <laughs> right. He had seven missed shots total and six were from three. That's so sad. Ugh, God. Anyways, it's not the sad, college that's football annoying. rankings time, please. <laughs> Just shoot twos. Yeah, the, yeah, let's talk about the reason that the uh, the Michigan State didn't, game didn't end until one o'clock, which is the college football playoff. <laughs> in between the piss poor basketball games that we had we had ourselves something else something important something that paul wanted to talk about how great xavier simpson was instead of this which is the first college football playoff ranking now in general in theory one would ask why does it matter it's just a ranking we still got a month out the reason why it matters and the question and not that and the questions why this matters, and I have four of them for you, gentlemen. Just in general, just uh, just talking about it. This is indicative of how the committee is going to be feeling moving forward this season. 
So I just had a few general concepts for you guys after the college football playoff rankings just came out. So we'll start with Matt. What is this ranking telling you? What do you see on the initial look of this ranking? I see that what we've thought for a while, that the Big Ten is one of, if not the best conference for college football. And while generally they beat each other up and screw each other out of these positions, to start at least right now, there are two of them in there. And the other two is the other conference that always gets all the accolades, and that's the SEC. And the my only quote-unquote problem, and it's not even that big of a problem, but my only problem is Penn State leapfrogging Clemson. While I understand that Clemson right. has looked so-so at times, they've looked a little better as of late, I think if you give me the eye test of which team I think wins in a head-to-head matchup, I'm going with the Tigers all day. So I think that's my only issue with it. I think we've all said that Ohio State might be the best team in the country the way they've played so far at least. Not the toughest of schedule, but last year wasn't the toughest either, and there were some squeaker games there where this year they're just blowing teams out of the water. And a lot of questions are going to get answered for weeks to come. But right now, yeah, my only gripe, and it's not even that big of one, is Penn State over Clemson. I mean, if it wasn't for Georgia... Penn State would be the most overrated team in the country. But they, um, they absolutely should be over Clemson, as should a handful right. of other teams. Strength of record, man. Clemson plays nobody, and by the way, for the millionth year in the row, should have lost a game to a garbage team. Garbage. One two-point conversion. A, a very away. garbage team. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> they had no business beating North Carolina. They didn't deserve to win that game, and they did, and that's fine. I'm not going to kill them for winning an ugly game because a lot of teams win ugly. But if you want to say that they deserve to be in the top four, like hell they do. And they have skirted by so many years getting the benefit of the doubt. And it is ridiculous. The one right. thing I like about the committee I mean, they've did, deserved it. <laughs> and it really is only one thing that I like that the committee did, is they really are – what I truly believe is that they're going off this year. They're not worried about last year or the year before right, or history. Right, for sure. I do believe that they're locked into this season and not being clouded by the past, which is good. Still disagree with a lot of what they did. Georgia being the primary one, I think it's a travesty to have them at six. And I think that is actually a little bit scary to a lot of teams because Georgia is at six to ensure that if an SEC East team wins the title, that there will be two college football playoff teams from the SEC. I'm going to help you out with that. My takeaway, and it's a big one, and I think it's one that, like, okay, we have shit all over this conference for a long time, but I got to give respect where it is due. The Pac-12 got a bit of love. The fact that Oregon and Utah, both with losses, Utah in particular with their loss against USC, the fact that they are this high is very promising. Because as long as at least one of those teams is doing the business and keeping their record strong, Oregon in particular, they're going to make the playoff as long as Penn State or Clemson have a loss. I think think that uh, if you're the Pac-12 right now, there's not much more you could have asked out of this. No, no, you're right. For that. No, you're right. And I think that's phenomenal. I'm happy for it. I'm trying to think. Was Oregon the team that I had last week when we talked about this? Um, or did I try yes. to go outside the box? No, no, I think you had Oregon. I thought I no, had Oregon. No, no you I had Georgia. You had Georgia. Did I have Georgia? Yes. All right. Uh, you had Georgia, 
I had uh, Minnesota, who, oh my god, 17. I gotta give Oregon props. They're getting a lot better as the season goes on. And I was thoroughly impressed by what they did on the road this past week. That second half was awesome. Oregon absolutely belongs in this conversation now. And if they win out, they will absolutely have a spot at the table, and you will have a team from every conference stands the Big 12, which is pretty much how it should be. I think we can all agree on that. Um, Utah doesn't belong here. Uh, That's the one that it's a little too much respect. Um, I would put Oklahoma above Utah. I would put maybe Florida above Utah. I would put Michigan above Utah. I would put... Probably Minnesota above Utah, but that's a tougher You're one for me. You're out right now. Um, Baylor hasn't played anybody, so it's hard. But I don't. I do not believe in Utah at that level. And I was big. I don't know if you guys remember preseason. I said Utah was a dark horse for the playoff. Sure. So I don't. The defense has been. I'm awesome. not gonna poo-poo on Utah. They were literally my. I didn't think they were gonna make the playoff, but they were my dark horse. And I think where they are right now is about where I would expect them to be. I'll what? say my problem. My problem that I had, though, I am absolutely done with Florida and Auburn being this high. Enough. Auburn, they have, absolutely. They need, Florida, they both my own, need So, to Florida, I'm okay with for a mere, and you know that I've shit on Florida all year. I mean, it's not like I have not criticized well, the hell out of Auburn Florida. being 11, it, all, the only thing it benefits currently. Auburn's 12, baby. The only oh, reason, no, it's AP. My bad. That's right. Auburn being 11 realistically only helps Oregon. Auburn shouldn't like be in the top that's 15. Good. They absolutely no, shouldn't be in the top Absolutely 15. not. But I, I think Kansas State would I beat them on the neutral Florida field. I will on a couple things. They have persevered after losing their starting quarterback. That's huge to me. They got robbed last week. They truly, legitimately got robbed last week. They also Georgia. played like shit for an entire half. And still got robbed and still should have had that game tied and headed to OT. To me, that's more indicative of how joke of a Georgia team is, which I agree which with. Which I'm pissed that they're at six. So, but I think, by the way, I think Clemson being five is too high. So it's they well, I said look that too. I awful. Agree. Oregon. They should be number six or number seven. Oregon, Oregon should, should be, be number five Clemson for sure. I agree a hundred percent. It's hard after that. So that's the thing when you start ta- talking about. Well, I don't think they should. Teams should be here or there. Well, you, it's going to play. You have to replace them with teams. Eventually, you have to start replacing. You, you can be like, "Wow, I don't think they're a top ten team." But then, if you start thinking about well, who are the top ten teams, you got to fill all those slots. Also, and- Clemson ha- is going to have a reckoning because they're playing against Wake Forest, number nineteen in two weeks, and their last game of the season before the ACC championship, which is going to be a complete joke. They do play South Carolina in state yeah, rivalry. That bunk and Wake Forest game is in Clemson. I, I don't I'm aware, Clemson but I'm just saying. Game. I just don't think, and that's a, that's only going to help most. I think especially Clemson Wake is Forest is like 15th a, at that a time. Sleepy schedule, and I think they don't deserve it based on merit. I think Minnesota being 17 is uh, not great for the Gophers. <laughs> yeah, but they're in the West. Not good. Well, the reason why is because they're non-conference. Well, so here's the absolute thing. trash. So and their conference thing. hasn't been that great either. And we already and every, knew. You're right. Everybody that Minnesota has been in conference. Just, yeah, the bottom half of the Big Ten. I legit, uh, again, because yeah, apparently listen, listening <laughs> is not our, our, our forte today. We got to go back to kindergarten because I absolutely just said Minnesota's non-conference was trash. So And then we, and said, then we said the conference, conference was, like, yeah. was trash. You know, you got all right. Whatever, we're moving on. You did so. Minnesota. Maybe if you didn't have mismatched earrings, you'd be able to. Hear- <laughs> I, I actually. Wow. Wow. 
I actually agree with Minnesota's ranking for a few reasons. They have looked better throughout the season, but they're look at their non-conference alone. Not only did they play trash, but they looked bad playing trash. They escaped against bad teams. They got better, which good teams do. We already knew Minnesota had to go under. Are we really doing a deep playoff. dive on Minnesota? Why are you this way? Why are you this way? They have a major game. They have the second biggest. If it weren't for number one versus number two, it'd be the biggest game this week. And Fleck just signed an extent. What? Why are you like this? Why are you like this? I'm with you. Oh, man. Game day day at Memphis. Oh, my God. I'm mad. I'm angry for no reason today. I didn't have any problem with game day at Memphis. Literally none. You, You... you know what? You you have a problem with charities, apparently, because joy is just not your forte today. <laughs> oh, that's pot and kettle. Oh, my God, yes. Regardless, Minnesota, we all knew, could not get in with a loss, period. Them being at 17 doesn't really matter because as bad as their schedule's been, their schedule gets real hot and heavy real quick. And if they run that schedule and then beat Ohio State <laughs> in the title game, then Ryan's dream happen, comes to fruition. But they're going to be in, period. Like, they will catapult up the rankings, they will end up in the top four, and nobody's going to care that they were at 17 now. They have played literally nobody, and if they get mollywopped against Penn State, or they play Penn State, they play Wisconsin still, right? Oh, yeah. And Iowa. And do they play all three? <laughs> well, that that's a yes. list. And if, so that's three right there. And then, if they get through the gauntlet, they play Ohio State. I, that's yep. they shouldn't yeah, be ranked what, what, what a prize. and every single win gets them catapulted up the rung. So it's it's not a big deal. They're ranked appropriately. It feels whatever because they're eight zero in the Big Ten, but they're not they're eight zero in the Big Ten with like air quotes. You know what I mean? Basically, my only my only problem with the, with the committee is that they're still dishonest about the SEC. They just continue to overrank these teams in the same way as that short before the season, the SEC short. That we watched, uh, that was from Reddit. That well, was. Well, we all know it's it was... the self-fulfilling prophecy. Right, it's, but it, you're not including it, it, LSU that's... in that overranking, are you? Yeah, you're talking no, about like from whole. six down. Well, Georgia. Are you, are you, are you including yeah. LSU? He's, in, in he's Bama. including no. Bama. I know that. I don't think he's including LSU. No, I'm I'm saying that in Georgia, general, Florida, Georgia, Auburn, Florida, no Georgia, Florida, Florida, and Auburn. Which, by the way, the SEC doesn't even have any other team in the top twenty-five. But the reason that they keep having these teams up <laughs> is so that their resumes look better when they, <laughs> they beat have each other. five. <laughs> they have five but in the again, top eleven, the top but they don't have any more in the top twenty-five. But it's a dishonest but, top right, eleven, right? Because three it's of them should—it's fake news, uh, right? That's right. Well, Baylor should at least be eight. Uh, uh, you know, not based uh, on uh, strength uh, or agree, record. Agreeing with Matt, though, um, and kind of the first thing that he said. In that Clemson, he thinks Clemson would beat Penn State. I agree with that. I think Clemson no. would absolutely wash Penn so State. So I, but I'll take that. it doesn't with matter that, because Penn State point. and Ohio State play each other. I, I actually so, agree with that, but it doesn't matter. I'm, I think, I'm just I think mad about the Georgia. biggest message. I think the biggest message that the committee did send is there's a way to get obviously two SEC teams in there with them all being ranked in the uh, top eleven, and then if anybody, I don't know how many people in ACC country or in Clemson or even nationally were worried about if they won out and they looked bad, would they be able to get in? And I think the committee kind of gave them a little wink and a nudge that said, as long as you guys win, be 
probably part partly because you did win the championship last year, you definitely have a spot in but the playoffs. But if they drop a no single game, they're done. Yeah, if they drop a game, they're done. I also very much disagree with you because I think Oregon and Utah being this high, let's put it this way. Let me, I'll give you a scenario. Clemson does go undefeated. Fine. Let's say yeah. that Oregon and Utah are 11-1 going into the Pac-12 title game and Oregon wins. Oregon is getting in over Clemson. Not over 13 and no Clemson. They will. No. Nope. Oregon will have played in a neutral site and lost with hold nine on, seconds on. left where they have the lead stop, against Auburn. Clemson is five right now stop. and LSU, Bama, Penn State, and Ohio I, I State, two of those teams have bad to lose. Math. What was your scenario? That Oregon and Utah would be 11-1 and one going no, into the Pac-12 title. No, not that. Not them. Not them. For the teams that are in the playoff. The other teams. It would be the winner of the Big Ten, the winner of the SEC, the other SEC team, and then it would be between Clemson and the Pac-12 title. What do you mean the other SEC team? The loser of LSU-Alabama. That's the thing. The SEC is not getting a non-conference champion before undefeated Clemson. Not in a million years. I don't agree with I'm that. I'm telling you. I'm Listen, I, I'm not they're, they're defending national champions. Oh, again, just as just – as, I, oh, I'm sorry, Matt, Matt. Matt, did you say did you say about the last year thing, or was that Paul? Brian, I'm telling you, at the at the end of the year, it's they're going to take that into consideration. Okay. If Clemson is undefeated, they're matter. not going to leave out it a reigning national champion at all. They're not leaving out an undefeated Power Five champion. It will never happen. It, in you a know, million but years. what happens when Clemson has every single team that is on their schedule and none of them are ranked? It, none. Unde- I've said this for five years now. They will never leave out an undefeated Power Five champ. I don't care I if you play nobody. Much think that's I don't be care the case. on the circumstances. If you are an undefeated Power Five champ, no you are not getting left out. They have hardly left out one loss Power Five champs. Okay. Dylan, while, while I agree with you, loss, I just think the uproar would be just astronomical. If they well, did. and here's another thing, too, in fairness. That scenario is so unlikely. It doesn't matter. I, I don't. No, Clemson's losing to Pitt in the ACC all. title game. But <laughs> other than it playing out that way. No, Oregon's losing is, to Arizona this weekend. Or next I weekend. actually so, expect. You, you mean in Kevin Sumlin's last game? I actually expect diversity. I expect Big Ten, SEC. Uh, hey, SEC. unlike oh, in your sucks, real life. Sucks for you. Oh, my <laughs> <laughs> Big Ten, SEC, ACC, and Pac-12 champ, I think are going to get in. But just the way the schedule is going to work out. But you could see a way – that the way this is set up, the two SEC and two Big Ten teams get in. If, no way. If, that, that would be that most absolute batshit insane. It, <laughs> it actually takes a lot less than you think, so think about it. You know what would be the worst, though, is if the Big Ten still loses. I well, just quit Penn, Penn State loses like on a last They both lose in the first game, and then right, it's an all-SEC right. championship. I, 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 just, I wouldn't want to live in that world, because Paul Feinbaum would have an erection that would hit his forehead. Literally, the only thing it takes, a Clemson slip-up, which would shock none of us, because Clemson is absolutely not getting in with a slip-up over anybody. A Clemson slip-up. I'd be, sh- I'd be shocked if Clemson It takes a Clemson slip-up, and it takes a two-loss Pac-12 champ. That's all it takes, and you're getting two SEC and two Big Ten teams. That you just um, need two things to happen. That's no, it. here's here's the problem: is if Oklahoma wins out or they Baylor would, wins out, they would absolutely not get in over. If Baylor won out, yes, 
But Baylor's not right. winning out. I'm being real here. Yes, they Baylor's are, not baby. Winning out. Well, you're being real, but then you're talking about two right. conferences having the final four teams. I'm, I said it would require two things. Uh, look, I let's put it this way. And Baylor would, winning out would only require one thing. Them winning what, the rest of their game. Okay, Paul, here's here's how I'm going to gauge this. Which of the three rank them? Which one would be more likely? Undefeated Clemson being left out for the for a one-loss Pac-12 champion. Minnesota winning out and getting in to the big two the uh yeah, uh Final Four, whatever CFP. Oh my God, I know. <laughs> stroke mid or <laughs> or the Big Ten and SEC both get two teams of the ones you think is likely. Rank them. Which one is the most likely? Which one is the least? Absolutely, the latter, by far. Uh, why don't you do all three? Because that's what I asked. <laughs> all right. So the Big Ten and SEC taking up the entire playoff is by far the most likely. Because Minnesota oh has an absolutely gauntlet to get Because so Minnesota hasn't proved that they're bad, I'm going to put them. I mean, them, they're all crazy. I'm going to put them at number two because theoretically, in some universe, it's possible that they run the table. It is legitimately not possible that undefeated Clemson gets left out. It will not happen in any universe. It has to be dead last. It can't happen. Huh. It's almost like you're saying that Clemson's too much of a blue blood. To be left Not out even, of the I, final I was four. extremely clear that any undefeated Power 5 champ, no matter who you are, are yeah. any Another 50 years of that and I'll be right. Any, any undefeated Power Just 5 Just dropping champ. that seed I in know there. You are. Any undefeated Power 5 champ, don't care who you are, you're getting it. Yeah, it does. Look, I, I just thought that was a little fun. So quick question. There. Do we think the playoff committee did a better job this year than oh, the yeah. previous year? It's not even close. This is this is probably. I mean, I, I don't I don't remember offhand. The yeah, top, I remember who the, the first one. You don't remember the rage. So. Oh yeah, no, no. I mean, I, I'll say this, this is too. the one. No, not in the same way at all. So the, if you look at who was it, Golik that came out this this morning and had like statistics like for the initial CFP rankings and how like bad they've been as far as predicting like the final yeah. CFP and winners and shit. Well, I mean, a lot of them have, like, those two SEC teams that have to play each other. Well, that's fine. I'm not knocking them for that. I'm just saying, like, this seems like a pretty good group. I think that out of all of them, this is the one that has been the best. And it's because the dude who was the leader, the Arkansas guy, he's no longer there. I mean, by all, by all means, it's I don't Oregon think it's guy great. Now, right? I think yeah. it could be a lot better. And I also I think, think it's there's fantastic. too much group of five in it. Okay. I, I'm listen. I've watched a lot of group of five football. They're all shit. at the bottom. What does I it know matter? They are, but they're not top twenty-five teams, man. Oh, dude, there's there. SMU okay, what? Is not a top twenty-five team. I agree with that, but Navy. Is. <laughs> they're they're twenty-fifth. Give them like what? right, right. He's so mad about it. I am mad. No, Michigan's no, not even ranked in basketball. SMU <laughs> gets to be twenty-five. Yeah. It, Put it this way, if SMU was ranked 43rd, ain't no one would give a shit. Yeah, it's also because they already got the NCAA violations, whereas you're still going to get them. Anyways. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So this week we got uh, we got quite a few, and I enjoy I enjoy most of them. We do have to scrap no. that Mitchell Trubisky one that, that we already talked about. But first one we have up and we didn't is say who's former NFL was. player. We can talk about it. No, move on. And stop no, and we, yeah, we already talked about that. 
So the first one that we have is former NFL player Hugh Douglas. He went on to say that Jermaine Whitehead would have survived the threats of killing people on Twitter if he was better at football. Because if you're not familiar, Jermaine Whitehead did get cut. This is not my man's because Hugh Douglas is just a straight-up loser. He got kicked out of ESPN for saying stupid-ass shit. And he's doing it again. He needs a piss-off. Not my man. I mean, this is ridiculous. Dylan, once again, letting personal opinion of a person cloud his judgment of what they actually say. I don't even know why this is on whose man's other than for Dylan to show us he has bad judgment again. Because he just stated the obvious. There is a sliding scale in all of sports, in pretty much all of life, period. The more important you are, the more shit you can get away with. Period. We've seen this over and over and over again. If he was Tom Brady, he would have made an apology and it would have not been that big of a deal. Also, if he was good at football, he wouldn't have been attacked in the first place to make these comments. So, it's right on a technical standpoint and in a realistic standpoint. I don't know how the hell you could say this is not your man's. Uh, yeah, this is absolutely my man's. Hugh Douglas has been my man's since he came to the NFL, one of my favorite defensive players to watch, and he's absolutely right. We've seen this. If you are good enough, you get second chances, and I mean, Kareem Hunt went out and actually physically harmed people, and he's getting second chances. Uh, all this guy did was just tough talk some people on Twitter. Uh, yeah, he went a little over the top and gave his address out and wanted to pull out the guns and all this other crap. But tough yeah. talk is underselling. <laughs> it was it was a little bit beyond tough talk. But he's yeah. If he was good enough, this would have been a public apology, a letter apologizing to his team and his teammates and letting them down and blah blah blah. And here's some community service hours and I'm back on the field. All I'm saying is that Hugh Douglas would still have a job if he didn't do the same That's kind of That's not relevant. So. There we go. Well, it's, it's my man's because you've seen other guys on Twitter in the NFL tell people, you know, pull up, I'm about to whoop your ass. The next one that we have is from uh, Barstool's Twitter account. It says, Oregon's collapsible porta potty is humanity's greatest invention. Oh, For context, I hope you guys saw it on the sideline. So, an Oregon football player, he had to, he had to use the restroom during the football game. And instead of going like back to the locker room where he would get to do his business, they had this collapsible porta potty, and obviously it shielded him from everybody else. But he went in there, he did the deed, and then they just kind of rolled the thing back down. While he was, was very like, efficient. Uh, all right, I mean, good for them, I guess. Like we've seen some hilarious ways that players, football players in particular, have gone to the bathroom before. Um, I guess it's my man's. I don't know. This isn't something that I, I would <laughs> think would cross my life, my periphery. So, sure. I have absolutely never understood why they don't have a bathroom on the sidelines for these players. I, I We have the technology. We have so much shit. Apparently, we have cannot, the technology. You cannot give them a place to use the bathroom. Like, I guess it's kind of my man's That's that a team it. finally decided, hey, we should give them a place to go to the bathroom. But at the same time... It's 2019, dude. How do we not have this figured out? I just think it's awkward as all hell. Like, I'm about to go take a piss on a porta potty in front of 35,000, 50,000 people. And it's right covered. here, in the, right next to the dude who's practicing his freaking no field goals. I'm getting this pop up porta potty to go use the bathroom. Uh,. That, I mean, if you've, ever gone, if you've ever gone to a state fair, it's the same thing. I love that it was green, too. That's right, you got to be on brand. It's my man's because I saw the video, and that shit was great. Imagine how cool that is for the player. You don't have to walk all the way back to the locker room. 
He doesn't get to go there and run right back on the field. Probably <laughs> Where are you washing your hands, though? I'm hyped for this. <laughs> you don't know You're if there's hand sanitizer in there. <laughs> Y'all are too Collapsible, you collapsible hand sanitizers you, in there? Is that hand sanitizer? You, you rub your hands pants. in the other dude's face and give him pink eye. <laughs> oh. That's called competitive. Right event. at the bottom of a scrub. Nice. He was just getting a little stick so he could catch it better. That's right. God, move on. Next up. Moving on is Super Bowl winning coach and Michigan native Tony Dungy. He said, we need to get rid of challenging the pass interference calls. You're getting them all wrong anyway, and you're just making people more pissed at the referees because the clear and obvious rule that they have never, ever goes into basically the favor that it should. He's absolutely my man's. They are going to get the, the competition committee is going to get rid of it. This, this has been a waste. So, move on. He's not my man's... The spirit of what he's saying is correct, but you're going the wrong way. Don't give them a pass and be like, that's what they want. They want us to be so mad about the way they handled it that they just throw it out and go back to fucking us even more. Do not give them that. Make them fix the goddamn problem like someone, like a well-run organization, like people with actual goddamn brains between their ears would do. Make them fix their stupid mistakes and get it right instead of being like, well, they can't figure it out. Let's just trash the whole thing. Not my man's. I am taking the spirit of Paul into the words of Tony Dungy and saying he is my man's because he's bringing attention to it enough that we're going to force them to fix it he knows they're not going to get rid of it so we're going to force them to fix it and he's going to be the beacon of light leading us in the way of making sure they do matt matt is right a little bit because i I guess in reading that he might be being facetious a little bit rather more trying to call attention to it and be like fix this damn thing or get rid of it i definitely would say that before i'd say that tony dungy said the word pissed he is absolutely my man's. I saw a fabulous tweet that said the Saints wind their way to pass interference challenges. And with the way they've been called, the the play that is the reason all of this happened wouldn't have even been overturned. So that made me laugh, and that's why this is my <laughs> man's. The next one that we have is former ESPN uh, journalist, sports center host, did a, did a whole bunch of stuff, writer. Jamel Hill, she got yeah. in, she didn't get into a Twitter argument, but somebody <laughs> said that the top of the refrigerator is what not a is shelf. This? Jamel Hill said, I'm calling bullshit on that. Is this your woman? Uh, she, she is fantastic. I am all for everything that she's done outside of the really awful sports center thing that he, she did with Mike. The six? six wasn't the your, six? Wasn't the, you weren't a fan of the six? For you, huh? That was oh, they rated it for you right it. away. It was a six out of ten. They just called it the six. No, see, I, I <laughs> read, his, his, his and hers was awesome, but you can't turn Sports Center into a. Ch- oh, oh yeah, yeah. Paul's Paul's not all for that. How da- how dare black people be able to have Jesus. their own show on ESPN? But anyways, that's what ESPN yeah, two I, is for. Hey, it was back in the day. <laughs> That's where Stuart Scott was forever before they pulled him. Uh, hey, in fairness, wasn't that where um where first take was at first too? <laughs> well, was first Stephen take was uh, yeah, it was what cold pizza first. Yep. Yeah, first yeah. Attempt. yep, yep. And then Stephen A just started chilling on there with Skip Bayless as a guest and. That was history. But anyways, not the point. We're way off topic. Uh, Shocking. She is she is not my female in this I specific knew it. instance. Um, 
my cats already what? are up on the top of my fridge, and it stresses me out. That's your fault so, for no. cats. As no. they like to show I space. will explain <laughs> why Jamel Hill is our woman's, but not Dylan's. This is a class thing. <laughs> if you did not grow up in what an upper fuck? middle class elitist society with a large expansive house well, with true. just a million <laughs> with a million <laughs> cupboards. The fridge is part of the wall. And, and the fridge, the fridge has, was too big, so you couldn't. You got cupboards <laughs> above the fridge and it goes with the rest of the cupboards up and pantry. Like most of us grew up, it absolutely was <laughs> a shelf. It still is you, for a lot of you. You know you know the funniest part is my fridge and freezer that I had growing up in my house was actually an industrial one we bought from a restaurant shocking <laughs> Jesus shocking. Christ couldn't even and you had so many cupboards you couldn't even possibly fill them oh, let yeah. alone put oh, stuff yeah. on the no. fridge so that's the thing so this we is a single dish so you grew up the way on. most of us grew up it's absolutely our woman's oh shit you all got right me so she's <laughs> absolutely my woman's and paul you nailed it because i grew up like dylan grew up we didn't have shelf above the fridge, it was into the wall, and there was just other decorative venting shit above the Fancy fridge or something. I have no idea. But moving out on my own, and it's yep. just my money, and I am yep. not making we, the money my parents just, made. So, yes, I've had fridges. Yes, room, with, you call it. That's where the cereal sits. That's where the chips sit. You damn yep. right it's a shelf. <laughs> Matt, Matt and I have been disappointing our parents ever since. <laughs> Jamel is my woman. I mean, even looking at my fridge right now. I got some cookbooks on there. I got a plant. I got oh, rice cakes. So I got awful. a rice bucket. Adult is all hell with got... it. I got cereal and chips. You got a cookbook and shit? <laughs> Bro, we got, See, we got everything up there. I at least try to pretend like I'm back in the good old days. I do not have anything online. You got servants Besides to bring it to you. future in your front. Word to MC Breed. Next one we have up is probably the most nationally respected NBA analyst this side of the Mississippi. Oh, Both sides of the Mississippi is Miss Doris Burke. Yeah! Fantastic Doris yeah! Burke. Saying that Kawhi Leonard sitting out is ridiculous. He's sitting out tonight's nationally televised game against the Milwaukee Bucks. The NBA should be concerned about their stars sitting out nationally televised games. So, thank you, Ryan, for prefacing that. Because anybody who does not think that Doris Burke is just the o- real OG, you got you got a problem amongst yourself. But... Uh, and I will say before anybody else says it, she did recognize that she works for ESPN and these are ESPN games that he's sitting out. That doesn't detract from her opinion. She is hella smart and she's absolutely spot on on this. Doris, forever and a day, has been my females. So that moves on with this woman's. <laughs> Un- unlike Dylan, I am all about the woman's today because absolutely, but I love this so much because it's about time someone like her spoke out on this because all of Damn this right. everyone is protect the players this protect the players that i mean you're getting paid a gazillion dollars play your goddamn game that we are watching that these networks are the reason you're making all this money is because the networks are paying so much money because of you so play two weeks the into the season why do dang you dang game we're fucking seven games into the season man what are you doing you're a goddamn right. robot anyways load management and also ain't nobody watching the clippers without paul george and Kawhi leonard Yes, Doris Burke is my woman's. She's my woman's as well. The only kind of devil's advocate part to this is I'm not sure that the NBA is too concerned about the load management now because they know that it's helping, obviously, Kawhi and these other dudes get healthy for the playoffs. So if you have a first-round series and it's like Blazers-Clippers, 
but because Kawhi and Damian Lillard play 82 games, God forbid they're not there, now nobody is watching your playoffs, which is even a bigger moneymaker. But you shouldn't be sitting out the first 10 round in the or first 10 games in the fucking season. The next, the next one we had was supposed to be Mitchell Trubisky, but somebody that we hate just as much, Mr. Jim Harbaugh. He had his 11-team playoff system, which I had. To, <laughs> it's his 11-team playoff system, Paul. So in Harbaugh's elaborate system, each Power Five first-place winner and the top-ranked team outside of the Power Five get the first six spots in the rankings. The top five of the six automatic bids get a first-round buy leaving that sixth team who did not get the first round by, they will be the number one seed of all the non-bi-week teams. Oh Are you God. following me so far? Nope, nope, let's stop there. Nope. My the God. next five highest-ranked teams get the remaining spots. So it would be number six versus number 11, seven versus 10, and eight versus nine. Got it. This is not... Whose man is that? This is... This is... I don't, like... This just proves how insane Jim Harbaugh is. He had too much fermented milk or whatever the morning that he drafted this because he's high as hell. And it's not even to say that expansion in and of itself is not something that's coming, but that's so overcomplicated. No, so not my So Ryan made it more complicated than it is and missed key components of it, so I will elaborate. Um, I did not. No, the exact no, fucking I don't want to hear more of this. I don't want to hear more of this. important parts of it, but regardless, no. there's not. I don't want this system. What I want is extremely simple, and I want it completely capped. Eight teams, your conference champs, five of them are automatically Not the point the of next, whose man is this? In the next three highest... Well, no, it is important because I'm saying I'm in favor of a completely different system. It has nothing reason, to do with so what he said. So then just say that. The reason... So, no, but, that, but then just say that. I don't need to hear your elaboration. That's is not the point. Is he your man or no? Because this was A, well thought out, and B, solves a ton of the problems that both take place in bowl season and the whole thing that we have as a whole the most important thing that ryan left out is he said nope. get rid of conference champion games there are no more conference championships because the conference championship games would nope. be replaced by the first round of games in his expanded playoff so ah, the teams man i don't care it's not happening it's Matt, absolutely take it not away. happening but the reason it makes sense is you can oh, do away with talking. the conference championship games because the teams that would be in there would be thrust into the playoff anyways. And you don't have a bunch of meaningless games. You have your old school tiebreakers the way it is. Everyone slots in accordingly. Nobody can complain literally at all. And you settle it on the field in an expanded playoff. We are putting too much airtime on something that's not going to happen. Do I get more meaningful football games in Jim Harbaugh's world? Yes. No. Then this is yes, my man. Yes, absolutely man's. you do. <laughs> This, this is not my man's. I'm fine with the four teams that's there. So both okay. Jim Harbaugh and Paul are wrong. <laughs> all right, moving on. And gentlemen, that one. is all we have for whose man's is this? Uh, pick them time. Well, I'm, I'm back to wallowing in misery because I made a charge up the leaderboards the last few weeks and completely derailed it this week. I went one in four in both college and the NFL. Ouch. Oh, God. Yeah, no, it's gross. College, every single favorite covered. Every single one. And just absolute horseshit on most of them. Like, God, man, it was brutal last week. Don went, Don, Captain Chalk over here, went 5-0 and in college picks last week. And that <laughs> helped him go a best on the week with Dylan 7-3. and Matt and, Ryan, hey! Matt and Ryan split their games, and so we have complete upheaval everywhere. Hey, wait, how did I do in NFL? 4-1. Uh, and one. 
Hey, your best, hey, your best NFL week that is drawn. You see, somehow, even with going one and four, I'm still tops in the NFL. But it doesn't matter because just it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Life doesn't matter. Uh, in first place, we still have Ryan hanging on by a thread. He's two games ahead of Matt. Whoa, whoa. Don, with his big charge this week, is up to third place. Dylan is two games back, and I am... Back to last place from where I was in third, a game back of Dylan. Just absolute disaster. But the good news is, even in last place, I'm 460 on the year. So we've all been super respectable because we pick hard games. We pick the hardest games to pick. And we're still all around 500. So we're, like, not really stupid. We kind of have an idea of what things go on. We have a great, the opposite (laughs) of last week. We have a great college slate this week, guys. Like, we have fantastic college games. And we start with not the game of the week, not a night game, as Dylan is so upset about, but we're going to start rowing the boat. And we have Minnesota hosting Penn State in what is essentially their first real game of the season, what is pretty much their biggest game in a century. 17th-ranked Minnesota is a six-and-a-half-point dog in their own house to Penn State. Minnesota's going to fight like hell, but it'll be to lose by 10, the boat. We'll have a little bit of a leak in it this week. Give me Penn State and lay the points. It's very purposeful why they decide to move it to noon because it gets just bitterly cold in Minnesota. So that actually will be in the Gophers' favor, and they will cover. Um, I didn't actually see it, but in Life of Pi, did that uh, tiger destroy the boat? Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Okay, well, that's definitely going to happen this time with the Nittany Lions. <laughs> I'm rolling with Penn State. <laughs> Uh, Don is on the same train as I am a lot of these games this week. I'm so torn on this one. I don't believe Minnesota quite yet, even though I like P.J. Fleck a lot. I think Penn State kind of should beat up on them. But at the same time, Penn State's a fraud. Like, they're not as good as people think they are. Michigan should have beat them. And yeah, but Minnesota this is a one-score really spread. is such a huge home game for them. I wish it was seven, but I'm certainly going to take Minnesota. We got <laughs> Illinois hosting not hosting, traveling to Michigan State this week. And Michigan State, and whatever you would like to categorize their offense as, is somehow a 14-and-a-half-point favorite over the Illini, who are looking for bowl eligibility, baby. Hard to win by 15 points when you're only going to score 20. Give me (laughs) Illinois. Illinois have already beaten their win totals for Paul and I to rack in some dough, and it's going to keep happening for Lovey Smith until the NCAA takes those wins away. Yeah, the last time we came across a spread like this, it was Michigan State and Northwestern, and none of us had any faith, and Michigan State went in and actually mollywhopped Northwestern. So I'm, I'm, I'm almost tempted to take the Spartans in this case, but I just I, I don't see how we're going to score enough points uh, unless our defense does it for us. So I got to go with Illinois. Without Joe I mean, Biden. I see how you could because Illinois defense is not that great. But, I mean, come on, man. Over two touchdowns to Illinois is looks solid. Too. You got to go with Illinois. I mean, it's just a logical play whether it's wrong or not. To the real game of the week, we got number two versus number three. And for those wondering, we do use college football playoff rankings now that they are out. We have abandoned the shitty AP. And so we got number two, LSU, traveling to Tuscaloosa. And word on the street is Tua, tongue I vote, lo, vo, whatever the fuck his name is. That was brutal. Tungo Vailoa. Tua T. Tungo Vailoa. Tungo Vailoa. Oh, no. He is playing, and he oh, looks man. great, and he's the best Nick Saban's ever seen him. 
That's right. Tua Tallahassee is going to charge up that Alabama crowd, and Alabama is going to cover this near touchdown spread. Give me the Crimson Tide and lay the points. Ah, uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be Tua Tomahawk and Nick Saban. Oh man, I do not like Kojo in this spot. Give me the Crimson Tide. I really want to pick LSU this week. Like I really do. Alabama hasn't played anyone yet. Do it, yet. you bitch. LSU's been tested well. and come through with these tests each time. Uh, it's it's at Alabama. That's so hard. It's at Alabama. Like, uh. just like Fuck it. Let's do it. Buy you Bengals. Hell yeah! So, Tua Titties is gonna flash a big L on the screen this week. LSU is the better team. And it's about time somebody's going to walk into Tuscaloosa and walk away with a W that does not require a miracle kick return to close the game. Well, as you's getting it done this week. This next spread is the most interesting of all of them this week for me. We got Kansas State, a respectable 16th in the college football playoff rankings. And they, they go to Texas, who are very disappointing. Texas has three losses on the season. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention. They've managed to lose huh? three games of their first eight already. It's because they Not have a good. white quarterback. Yeah, shut up. Hall Sam is famer. good. Stop it. It's because they don't have a defense because they play in the Big 12. Relax yourself. Texas seven-point favorite at home. Yeah, no, there's no way Texas can be favored in, in any other game until they show me something, especially not by a touchdown. Give me the uh, the Wildcats. I did see Texas uh, faltering in this manner. On top of that, Kansas State is 24th in the country in rushing yards, and they have the best player that nobody knows of, their quarterback, Skylar Thompson. I will take Kansas State to move on. Okay, just for reference, that was Earl Campbell that said that about Texas needing a black quarterback and no disrespect to Sam Ellinger and blah, 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 blah. Uh, Texas oh, has fantastic. not looked great. <laughs> I'm um, losing to TCU was uh, – that, that's not popping. Um, Kansas State, apparently a pretty you know, decent team, doesn't beat themselves, all that stuff. Uh, tough walking into Texas, though. I do think the Longhorns turn it around this week. Uh, I will go with the Longhorns. Uh, when we have a soundboard, I am going to have that's not popping is going to be on. I, I mean, that's just a contrarian pick because no logical basis leads you to pick Texas minus freaking seven in this game. Not only did they get wanted at Texas Christian last week, but they needed uh, some plays to sneak out of Kansas with the win. Not even No, not out of Kansas. They were at home and should have lost to Kansas. Texas has been extremely underwhelming this year. Their defense is just such an absolute joke, and it's so sad to waste Sam Ellinger, who's actually a solid QB. Uh, Kansas State's a lot better team, dude. How the hell they're not favored by more? I, I don't know. Don has them as well. By the way, Don had Alabama and Illinois. I f- just forgot to mention his picks, but whatever. We're moving on to games that actually matter for us in the Big Ten West. There's a little bit of a race going on, and Minnesota's got a big head start, but they got a lot down the stretch they play both of these next two teams we got 18th ranked iowa traveling to camp randall to take on 13th ranked wisconsin wisconsin's a nine and a half point favorite wisconsin is still eyeing their very very outside shot at the college football playoffs so i do think that they turn it on these last couple weeks so they can hopefully get a rematch with ohio state and exact some vengeance it'll start this week wisconsin's gonna win big over iowa I just need to take a pause here because that's exactly what both of these offenses are going to be doing in this game. 
You cannot convince me that either of these teams are going to be exceeding 24 points. So I am going to take the Hawkeyes to cover. Yeah, I didn't believe in the Hawkeyes that much throughout the year period. And Wisconsin has one bad showing, two bad showings. Time to, you know, fix that and uh, get that offense back on track. Expecting a big day from Taylor even against a Iowa offense. I'd feel better about this if it was in Iowa, but at Wisconsin uh I will go with the Badgers I these are I'm on the wrong side of all these key numbers this week and I this game has the most to chance to make me Don and Dylan look silly I think but I just don't see enough points in this game for Iowa to lose by that many points I mean it could easily happen Iowa might score three freaking points like they did against Michigan in Wisconsin scores 14 and covers but I think this should be kind of a war of attrition. It's going to be really cold, just like it is in Minnesota. I, I got to take the points with this one. And with that, we move on to the very depressing pro ranks. And we start on Thursday night. And for, I don't know if we've done this this year, but at least first time in a while, we got both Thursday, Sunday, and Monday night games on the slate this year. I got a solid there slate here. This is actually a really big game in the AFC between kind of lackluster teams for different reasons, going in opposite directions, we got the Chargers, the London Chargers, traveling to Oakland, where Detroit just left with a ridiculous loss. Chargers are one-point favorites on the road. Oakland's going to carry that momentum that they got last week from playing at home for the first time in 35 weeks, where John Gruden thanked the mayor. He's going to be thanking his running back, Josh Jacobs, this week, who's going to rush for 200 yards and a win over the Chargers. Everybody is getting into the fool's gold of the L.A. Chargers, the famous NFL up-down theory. Oakland is feeling themselves, and they're a better team than the Chargers. I will take Oakland. Chargers love beating up on the Raiders. I've done it for years. I don't see it stopping this time either. Give me the Chargers. Don also doesn't see it stopping. Myself, I've been higher than Oakland on pretty much everybody this year. But if there's one team I've been really high on that everybody hasn't, it's the Chargers. And they've disappointed. And... They showed me something last week, and I don't think Green Bay is as good as a lot of people do, but they are coming to play, and I think Vegas knows a little something. Football reasons and the way the season's gone, you would pick Oakland, but I think this is where the Chargers really start to turn it around and have one of their famous late-season runs. I am going to take the Chargers easily in this one. Now we head to a game that is probably going to cause a lot of us pain. No matter what the outcome is, it's just going to be a war of frustrating attrition and a lot of F-bombs during the game. Detroit travels to the worst field in football, Soldier Field, and Chicago somehow is a two and a half point favorite. And I say somehow, but then I remember that I've watched the Lions this year, and I'm like, yeah, I guess. I think these games should just be pickums, but whatever. We, we got Detroit and Chicago, and I, Dylan, fitting that you start, Mr. Chicago. There is an episode of Family Guy where Mr. Herbert is fighting with an old gentleman who was a Nazi. And the fight is really pathetic, and then the dude falls off the steps and dies. That's going to be kind of the anecdote for this game, but I'll take Detroit. I'm going to be a, be an opposite masochist and take Chicago in the fight for draft position. Get me a top 10 pick just so we can So that we can use it on Hawk 2.0. <laughs> yeah. Go Bears. Dylan, I really like the, uh, the comparison there for the fight. I would have used Timmy versus Jimmy. <laughs> uh but this is i mean this is the opposite of the you know 
force versus the object. These are just two teams that are just not good. And I still think our team is worse. And I think your defense is going to look like a top five defense against our, our offensive issues. And our defense is going to suck and make your quarterback look like one of the top ten <laughs> in the NFL. So I will go with the Bears. Not possible. I mean, it's very possible. That's exactly very how this possible. game would go is he has like 130 passer rating against our defense because that's pretty much what we do. Even Don is on board with that. And keep in mind, this is the man that three weeks ago wrote about how they were still going to win the NFC North. The Detroit, that is. And even Don is picking Chicago in this game, which is wild to me. Very weird game. Uh, I have to pick Detroit because I just can't envision a world where we're this bad. Everything has gone about as badly as I said it would for Chicago, but then even a little bit worse. And as bad as things have been for Detroit, they still got Matthew Stafford. And if his team lets him down so bad that they lose this game by three or more points, he just needs to quit. He's, just he's don't just play another do what he does game, and man. play next just, week for the just, Lions again. Just stop playing. <laughs> because he's been used money, to this dude. for a decade. Forget the money. Why no, a lot do of money. you hate yourself? Brain Why cancer treatment yourself? costs a lot of money. He deserves it, so much better. If anything, I'm just disappointed that you and Ryan didn't come with animated adult cartoon fight parallels for this game. I, yours was fantastic. We didn't want to follow it up. It was too good. It was perfect. <laughs> we got, to me, an interesting game. We got Carolina traveling to Green Bay, and Green Bay opened as a seven-point favorite in this game. And somehow it's been bet down to five. People are really, really worried, apparently, about the egg that they laid against the Chargers last week. Is Kyle Allen the truth? Because it's his team now. No, Kyle Allen is not the truth with Cam Newton just getting placed on IR. I do expect Green Bay to bounce back and not sleepwalk the entire game again. Give me the Packers, lay the points as they continue their march towards NFC North glory. Man, this is an interesting game. I definitely wouldn't bet it if I were actually having money on this guy. But uh, I will take the up-down theory. Green Bay is going to cover yeah, Green Bay looked about as bad as you could possibly look last week against the Chargers, and I don't see that happening two times in a row. Um, I will roll with the Packers at home. That makes it a clean sweep for us, which scares me for oft-stated reasons. Right? Carolina and wins outright. C-Mac also <laughs> scares me a lot, but uh, Green Bay's got to take care of business, right? have to. We have, this is going to be up-down theory city for me. we got Minnesota traveling to Dallas. Minnesota laid a big-ass egg last week. Big-ass egg. Which normally, traveling to Arrowhead, it would not be considered laying an egg, except they had Matt Moore at quarterback, and they found a way to lose that game as time expired. Does Minnesota rebound as a three-point dog in Dallas? Minnesota will rebound and get the win just outright. I think you're being a little bit too harsh on that they lost on a field goal. But I do expect... uh, Kirk Cousins to have a pretty good rapport with these receivers against this Dallas defense. I'm very much tired of the narrative that Kirk Cousins can't win primetime or night games because he's afraid of the dark or whatever. <laughs> and Adam Thailand is going to be back, hopefully, for this game. I will take Skull. Jesus. Uh, I do not believe in Dallas. I think their wins are full gold against the worst teams in football. And I do believe Minnesota is a better football team. I will go with the Vikings. And I also think That's they're going to win That's going to make outright. Don the lone dissenter who, for whatever reason, believes in Dak Prescott, I guess. 
uh, I'm all over Captain Kirk, also for the outright win, which I think pretty much all of us are. Uh, Minnesota's defense let them down last week. I don't expect that to be the same. And Matt said, or Ryan said I was being a little harsh on them. Arrowhead is the hardest place to play in the NFL, but you got to beat Matt Moore. You're a better team, but that's all right. It wasn't just Matt Moore. He did have some good offensive pieces around him. Well, yeah. They're not going to be giving up an 80-yard bomb to Amari like, Tyree Kill, first play happening. of the game, had a big touchdown, didn't he? Yeah, that's what yeah. I was just was referencing. Just like, man, sticking with the prime time, we got our first Monday night game in a minute. And this is a huge one. This is actually by far the best Monday night game of the season. I mean, they've hardly been watchable for the most part, and now we have a phenomenal one on tap. And this one I know is going to hurt Ryan and is sold a pick, period. Because he just despises both of them so much. But we got Seattle traveling to San Francisco, and they're a six-point dog to the undefeated 49ers. This game is being played on 11-11, so grant my wish and let Seattle expose the frauds that is the 49ers. Let's go Russ Bus, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson, all of them Seattle for the outright win. Now that San Francisco is rid of the ghost of Jim Harbaugh, they're actually winning games. So I am going to take the 49ers to stay unbeated and to curse Ryan till the end of things. Going against Against Russ Buzz just just to try to pick up a game. Selfish. You're selfish, Dylan. Uh, You of all people when you said that he was trash. Yes, that's exactly what I said. (laughs) I think this spread is is a little large. I was expecting San Fran by two or three. Um, There's just some big pieces missing for San Francisco offensively and defensively. And I understand bringing in Emmanuel Sanders is going to do a lot for them, but I got to think Seattle is going to keep this game close and maybe even outright win. But yeah, I can't pick San Francisco to cover a six point spread in this one. So I'll go with the Seahawks. It's funny that you say San Francisco's got some pieces missing. Because Seattle just gained a piece, the greatest piece of all, the undisputed king, Flash himself, Josh Gordon, baby, to play his first game for the Seahawks, and it is going to be a memorable one as he scores not one but two touchdowns against the San Francisco team. Eh, Only like 60 yards. He's not going to have a lot of catches, but he's going to have a couple big ones. He's going to make them count, and Seattle wins this game outright. By a touchdown. And then Gordon celebrates by legally sparking up a blunt. No. I mean, getting suspended don't, don't for the rest of his NFL don't career. Don't put that on this. Man. Why are you like this? What do you mean? He, also, the game's in San Francisco. It's legal there. He lives in Seattle now. That's where they are. It's legal sure. there. It's a legal one. It's I think we legal. just need to point it's out. I think it's we it's need a legal to, suspension. I just think we need to point out that Paul struggled to get out San Francisco. He almost tripped I did that. not. You did. Not even a little bit. (laughs) Not even a little bit. (laughs) Wait, no, if I remember correctly, I think you said San Frantago Velo. And listen, if I was struggling, it was because I was coughing on that smoke. Lovely. (laughs) Ryan, do the thing. Hey, who? So make sure you follow us so you can hear this podcast and every other podcast that we've done before and will do in the future on Podbean, iTunes. Just Google Sports Carnage. It'll be right there. While you're at it, follow us on social media. Uh, Facebook is Sports Carnage Podcast. Twitter is at Sports Carnage. And that's where, yeah, that's where you can find us. Oh, on YouTube now YouTube now as well to see some live post-game reactions. Fantastic. Only, only Ryan. Yes. <laughs> 
He's the only handsome one. Trust me on this one. All right, for the handsome Ryan Griffin, for Dylan Bear, and for Paul Roshan, I'm Matt Bass, and we're Sports Carters. Thank you again for spending a couple hours with us. We'll be back to you all next week.